All right. Hey, what's up? This is Selective Hearing, and this is the 50th episode of our podcast. Yeah, baby. Yeah, 50. We're old now, right? No? Dude, you've been been saying that we're old the last couple years anyway, so... Okay. Century. Okay, we're 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 hitting midlife. Is that right? Correct. Okay. We've hit we've hit that mid-century point. We've actually hit fifty after only fifteen years. That's that's not bad, <laughs> I guess. But um, yeah, man. Yeah. Some people don't even make it to ten. That's true. Congrats to us for making it to episode fifty. First off, yay for us. Today's topic is a sad one. It is a farewell to Eyes One, a very sad event that happened last weekend. But uh, before we get to that, let's introduce ourselves. We'll start with our esteemed guest, Ping. What's up? Hey, I'm glad to be back once again discussing Eyes One on the podcast. Really looking forward to hearing your guys' thoughts and sharing my opinion as well. So thanks for having me. Do you have any socials or sites or anything you'd like to promote, sir? Yeah, um, in case this is your first time hearing me on the show, my name is Ellis Tan, or also known as Ping, or LST. I have a YouTube channel. You can find it on YouTube by searching LST K-pop, all one word. You can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Ellis Tan. That's E-L-L-I-S-T-A-N. Cool. And what are you drinking tonight, sir? Yeah, so tonight I am drinking a little bit of milk tea. Uh, last night I drank a lot of alcohol, so today I'm kind of staying away from anything alcohol related. Just water, and uh, for the show I'm drinking milk tea. Oh, are you hungover? Not really. I didn't drink that much, but um, I drank enough to be like, oh, I don't want to drink anything today. Oh, gotcha. Just enough, right? Just, Just enough. enough. Five bottles of soju enough, but it wasn't just it was it wasn't just me. There was a, a group of us. So yeah, that would be pretty crazy if you finished all five bottles by yourself. There are people who can finish five bottles of soju by themselves. I'm pretty sure I'm one of those people, but uh, I didn't do it last night. Well, at least uh, you're you're sober enough to get through hopefully uh, this podcast without crying. Well, I'm assuming he's, you. He's you sober. He's sober enough to relive the pain of last week. Sober enough to uh, do the podcast and be here with the. Uh, <laughs> you know, all of my thoughts collected, but, uh, you know, regardless of whether I'm sober, I, there, there might be a tear shed later. So there will be manly <laughs> tear shed, right? Or possibly, possibly. And uh, Alan, how you doing? Doing all right. Hey, y'all, this is Alan, a.k.a. Takere. Uh, I am the, uh, I guess you could say the podcast editor and producer of Selective Hearing. Lately, my new hobby... This last month is streaming, so I've been streaming a lot on Twitch. So if you go to twitch.tv slash I am currently streaming the Yakuza series. I'm at Yakuza 5 now at the Haruka's Idol stories, so I'm having a lot of fun. And hopefully, once I'm done with that, I'll be able to play Yakuza Like a Dragon. I've been holding off for a whole year, so I'm excited to play that. And if you ever want to check me out uh, i could appreciate a follow i'd love to chat with you guys if you ever want to catch me just randomly playing some games and stuff come on in and say hello and uh, what are you drinking today sir i am drinking a batanga it is it is coke with tequila 
with a little bit of lime. It's not bad. It's not bad. Well, a little bit of lime and lime juice. I have like a lime wedge here, but I put a little lime juice. I have, I've always had uh, a lot of tequila on me, but strangely enough, not enough Coke. So I had to go uh, get some extra Coke, Coca-Cola today. And so far, so good. I have to, I have to relive all the, all the pain of last week. So I got to have a drink on me. Yes, I, I think we're all going to be uh, reliving that pain very soon. Ah, uh, and me. I am, uh, I'm Greg. I'm the Grand Poobah, the exalted one. <laughs> the uh, supreme leader of Selectarian. Yes, the exalted one. Yes. <laughs> what do I have to promote? Well, the site, so selective-hearing.com. That's us. We have many social media. We have Twitter. We have Instagram, SoundCloud. There's a whole bunch of other stuff, but you can check it out on the site. It's all on the sidebar there, so just click on that and choose the one that you like. We have a new Spotify playlist. Yeah, we do. Uh, slowly being updated. A little bit of a different universe that I have to get used to, but yeah, it's slowly being updated, so if you want to add us to your many playlists on Spotify, check us out. The link is on the website as well, so you can scan your QR code in the Spotify app or click on the link. Up to you. Uh, what am I drinking tonight? Rockstar vodka, 6.9 alcohol. Apple, sour apple. <laughs> That's what it says. Mmm, <laughs> that sour apple just totally made that better. Is, is that leftover from last time? No, last time I was drinking Rockstar orange vodka. This time I decided to try something different. It had a fancy little bottle that looked kind of neat in the store, so I figured I'd give it a shot. Nor- normally I would be drinking regular vodka, but uh, since I don't actually drink that often, I just pick the ones that have fancy flavors and are close to like energy drinks. Hopefully it gives you the energy to cry later. Oh, I'm, I'm sure it will. Uh, I mean, there are many manly tears. Are we all going to be crying? I don't... It, it... That depends how emotionally <laughs> attached you were to Eyes 1, but uh, we'll, we'll slow, slowly get to that as we uh, discuss the end of our favorite group. <laughs> so, anyway. So second favorite. Oh, You're making well, it sound like a competition. Like, uh, once, once Takeo Ray does not cry, yeah. so, we're going like to show has... that he's not really a big fan of the group at all. <laughs> Anyways, we'll make Alan cry as we go through this. Um, Anyway, let's let's get started because we have a lot of content to go over. So, topic number one is all the pre-concert stuff. Yeah, this concert was announced with uh, a lot of speculation. What this could mean for the future of Eyes One? Were they going to be extended for another one or two years? Would their status be changed from temporary to permanent? Did you actually believe that Eyes One would go beyond their contracted? term or were you accepting the reality that they were done hashtag as one permanent (laughs) yes from what i understood like when they set that 2.5 year contract i was like okay that's it at the end of 2.5 years we're done get what we can out of them shouldn't be too long it'd be awesome blah 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 cool they're done Yes, I did see like the rumblings of like <clears throat> there were talks with their agencies about extending the contract or CJ Entertainment want to uh, stretch that contract. But I always uh, was reading from other people that were are more into K-pop than me that they, they were saying to temper your expectations because things like that very rarely happen 
So I was like, okay, I, I'm back to that. All right, 2.5 years, that's the hard date. If they're gone, they're gone. Okay, cool. It doesn't help that the last 2.5 years, of course, people have been posting comments or hashtagging eyes one permanent and eyes one permanent. And I can understand that because they were a fun group to follow. But for me, I did not think that anything else was going going to happen. I was like, okay, they're done. Let's have let's have a good final concert and let's move on. But uh, I guess I'm different because I can I can easily move on from things as opposed to uh, a lot of people that I've been interacting or, or reading uh, that uh, do not feel the same way. What about you, Ping? Yeah, so for me, I want to preface it a little bit by saying like when Produce 101 first came out, the season one, I already knew what was going to happen with IOI and their contract agreement was much shorter. It was for about a year from when the show started. So technically after the show was finished, they only had like eight months to make music and promote as a group. And that was one of the reasons why didn't really get into IOI as much because I knew like, well, if, if I get into this group, they're going to be disbanding in less than a year anyway. But even then, even so, when January came around and it was the end of IOI's contract and they released their final single and video, I still cried. I wasn't even, a, I wouldn't even consider myself a big IOI fan or even a not, like I enjoyed, I enjoyed their music. I really liked their members. Obviously they were a great group, uh, you know, bordering legendary. You know, I, I knew that it was going to happen, but I still cried at the end of IOI. And like, you know, after Wanna One became a group, I was like, okay, this is, this could be interesting. It's much longer. And Wanna One was like an amazing group in general as a person, I just favor girl groups more. Um, and when Eyes One became a thing, you know, two and a half years, I, I felt that was a sufficient amount of time. Like I can get into Eyes One, I can be a big fan of theirs, and I did become a big fan of theirs. But you know, CJ ENM or Mnet or whoever you want to blame, either of the six or seven agencies that the girls are a part of, it was just very unlikely that there was going to be a way that Eyes One's contract was going to be extended. But I did think, you know, sometime in the middle of 2020 last year, after they sold a million albums collectively, that there could be a chance that the agencies see this and realize that, hey, the sum of our parts are greater than, you know, the, the sum is greater than our parts here. And I don't, you know, <laughs> if you look in history, the members of IOI and Wanna One, very few of those individual members went on to become very successful. You know, who knows who can say maybe five years from now, 10 years from now, some of those members, more of those members rather, become huge stars in their own right. But as of 2021, March, that we're recording this, very few IOI members and Wanna One members could be considered very successful. And I, I thought that, you know, in 2020, you know, maybe some of these companies would realize that, try to figure out a way to do some type of profit sharing, like the NBA or, you know, sports in general, and figure, you know, iron out some way to get a non-exclusive 
extension going, right? And it actually became a topic of discussion, you know, very serious discussion, at least amongst fans. And, you know, with some agencies even agreeing to it, that this could become a thing, a, a, a non-exclusive extension agreement could be a thing. And what that means is that there, the, the members would still be under the respective agencies promoting or debuting uh, under their the agencies, either groups or solos or whatever the case may be. I don't know how what they would have done with the members, but they would still be allowed to promote as Eyes One and release music as Eyes One. And if they had time on their schedule, they'd be able to promote uh, as the group. So that was kind of the thing that was being discussed as a possibility. And it's very idealistic. But I don't know if how realistic that actually is. While it sounds nice, just like Alan said, like it's it's very hard to. I, I think for for sensible people, it's very hard to get your hopes up for something like that. At least in my opinion. So you know, going into this two and a half years, I knew about it. I knew it was gonna end, and you know, I I, I braced myself the entire year of 2020 for the eventual feeling of sadness and despair, almost that Eyes One was going. To to end. And even though, you know, even though it happens, even though I knew it was going to happen and it got announced a few weeks ago that, hey, Eyes One is going to be uh, formally disbanding in April. A lot of Wiz Ones were upset about it because maybe they were led to believe that there could be, there was a good possibility for a contract extension or some type of um, agreement to be made. I think a lot of those thoughts and hopes were a little bit foolish, in my opinion. Not to say that I didn't want it to happen. Um, I really did want it to happen. It's just like really hard to believe that it could happen. But um, regardless, bracing myself and not expecting anything, it was still really painful after their final concert. So, but yeah, I mean, that's just the, that, that's the way it goes. That's, the, that's how the game works. And uh, yeah, now it's a few weeks or one week later, right? And still, still kind of painful, but... You know, time goes on. I don't understand. Why do they not want money? I have tons of money that I can throw at them at their names. Why won't they let them continue? And do they not like money at all? <laughs> well, that's the argument, right? And, you know, as of the time of this recording, um, the Korean uh, Wiz One fandom has actually set up like some type of um, organization or company that can show that they have money to spend on this group and hopefully their negotiations you know I, I guess the the hope is that their negotiations turn fruits and that the companies who who didn't want to continue with eyes one whoever those companies may be or individuals or agencies or whatever the case is I don't think there were actually details on who was the one that uh, nixed or uh, you know cut it off um, any talks <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know if I don't. I, I kind of doubt that it's Starship, actually. Even if those are the rumors, I, I actually really, I highly doubt that it's Starship. But um, yeah, so they, they formed this coalition um, or this organization, or you know, it, it could be considered a company actually that shows that uh, internet Wiz ones, and soon they're going to open up to internationals, I believe. Um, you know, by the time that this podcast is released, it might already be announced or put out there. But um, yeah, just to show that uh, the Wiz Ones are serious about the group and are willing to spend money on the group. And hopefully that whoever uh, axed the, the contract extension, whichever 
party decided that, hey, we're not going to continue with this. Hopefully they have a change of heart. You know, they're, they're saying that all oh, agencies, some agencies have gone along with it and, you know, want to continue. But I, I, it's probably probably the same agencies that wanted to continue um, since January. In the so. first place, yeah. But, hey, I'm not going to get my hopes up, but... You know, like, I want it to happen, right? I want it to happen. But, um, yeah, my suggestion is hopefully, you know, at by the time you're listening to this, something positive has been has come from it. But um, if, if it's still up in the air, don't get your hopes up. And if it has already been axed, well, it's been axed, right? So, <laughs> I mean, freaking Chinese wheeze ones are are going to go to the lengths. They're going to the lengths of buying these girls, like, wedding rings. Hey, did you, uh, like, Sakura's birthday was uh, this past weekend, and exactly. the Chinese was once put together a crazy drone light show in Shanghai, and oh, it was yeah. amazing. Just, like, unbelievable. I mean, Sakura's already been a popular member um, even before Wiz, uh, sorry, even before Eyes One. So it's it's not too much of a surprise that they put together such a spectacular show. Yeah, I mean, still, it's, it's a drone light show in Shanghai for a member's birthday. That's just yeah. ridiculous. They they bought her a wedding ring to say, to to always be married to Wee's ones and things like that. So I'm like, damn. I mean, that's that's how hardcore some of these fans are. If you have money to to put on a, a Shanghai a, a drone light show in Shanghai, uh, you know they, they have money to buy albums and merchandise. So, <laughs> of course, of course, that's why. That's why. Does Korean Korea not want their money as well? They're throwing. They're, we're throwing money away for our favorite group that's no longer here. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, somebody decided that, uh, in my opinion, they're going to roll the dice and say that we're going to make more money if we debut our girls are on our own. And I don't think it's going to happen. But um, hey. Oh, I'm not. I'm not following half these girls. <laughs> uh, it's just too hard to follow it's, twelve different. It's just very common in the Korean in Korean business in general. You know, it's like a lot of people have too much pride and thinking that their way is the best way and that they'll find a way to make it work. But it's very rare that a girl group can sell over a million album copies. Um, even if it was collectively um, between the three albums that they released last year, the full uh, Blue Eyes and then A Nyric Diary and um, well, what was the one after? <laughs> Act 4. To remember. Uh, Act 4. The Panorama. One with, the one Panorama. with Panorama on it. Yeah. Like all together, I don't remember the exact number. I, I believe it was something along the lines of like 1.2 to 1.4. And I think I think Bloom High, but, oh no, When Iric Diary is still selling. So like it could be like more than that now, or it could be even more by the time this podcast gets released. Like the only other girl group to sell over a million copies was Blackpink. And their international fan base is absolutely massive and they're considered one of the top groups in the world one of the top girl groups in the world you know not just k-pop so to have what could be considered uh, it's called one reeler by the way the um the last album so to be to have to be considered at that tier 
of girl group, like where there's only basically eyes one. Uh, sorry, yeah, well, I mean eyes one's included, right? Blackpink, Twice, Red Velvet, Mamamoo, and kind of Oh My Girl now. Like to be in that tier of top girl group in the country, and you know, close closely even the world. It's just kind of dumb. It's kind of dumb. How can you think that you are gonna do better than that? But uh, yeah, that's just uh, that's unfortunately the way that it is sometimes. Hmm. Well, now that you guys have brought up some valid points, um, for me, I I'm not gonna lie. I thought there was gonna be an extension, <laughs> at least one year, uh, mainly because of- you got baited. You got baited, well, man. Mainly because of COVID. So I thought they were gonna at least make something up for for the lack of oh, activity yes, yes. for COVID. But, you know, as as this time came closer and closer, I realized that, hey, I'm going to be watching this concert from my bed at home rather than in Korea. So I, I accepted that. I mean, I've seen so many things online, mainly on Reddit, all these over-emotional fans just getting up in arms and, you know, saying they'll never listen to K-pop again or they'll they'll give up on girl groups because eyes one is done yeah okay sure yeah go ahead and do that but <laughs> there's other groups that'll come up behind eyes one once once everything's uh all settled with all the agencies and stuff but me um i'm used to seeing idols go away uh just because in the japanese system they go away all the time so i mean it's not nothing new to me and it happens and sometimes these idols get successful sometimes they don't to me, it's like, yay, Eyes One were here. I was able to follow them from beginning to end. They had a, a slightly shitty ending, but we'll get to that later on. But uh, not probably not the ending that they wanted, but at least there was an ending. So, yeah, I came but I, I to, have to... Sorry, I have to add yeah. to that real quick because <sighs> there is a different emotional aspect here. If, if, uh, if a Wiz One says that it's going to be different. I mean, I'm not going to listen to K-pop anymore. I'm not going to listen to girl groups anymore. There is a little bit of validity to that because there hasn't been a group like Eyes One before. And I don't think there ever will be a group like Eyes One before. It's just there. It, the Produce 48 created such an emotional attachment to the group. Um, and their variety shows um, that were focused in on them, such as uh, Eyes One Chu and the eating trip um you know shows like that really developed the emotional aspect um that whiz ones had with eyes one and very few groups very like i don't even know if there is another group that has generated such a love for the members um and the fans uh between each other like eyes one and you know to lose a group like that um it's so bittersweet because they're at they could be considered at the top of the game right now at the top of the mountain and you know they're going out at the top kind of like sistar did when they officially disbanded a few years ago but it's it's it hurts because it was, you know, two and a half years of success and it's done. It's over. Right. But I think everybody, like you said, with COVID, um, everybody felt like 
there could have been more. There could have been so much more. There could have been, there's so much potential. Um, and for the group to disband without seeing their fans in over a year, it hurts as a, as a Wiz One fan, right? So as a Wiz One and as an Eyes One fan, it just hurts a lot. And sorry. <laughs> um... No, sorry. Just uh, hold on. Like it, if... It hurts. It hurts as a Wiz one and as a as an Eyes one fan, because you had hoped that Eyes one could be able to see their fans at least one more time before they disbanded, right? So it's just a it's a different emotional attachment to the group versus pretty much any other idol group. Because with other idol groups, you know, whether regardless of whether they're successful or not, you know that the end is going to come, and. You know, the same with Eyes One. You knew that the end was going to come, but the, the t- emotional attachment was different. And the fact that you knew that it was going to happen, but then also with the COVID situation, it kind of just like all culminated into this terrible, depressing way to disband. And even though you knew it was going to happen, you know, it still hurts a lot more, I think, than any other idol group disbanding. You know, like Sistar... I'd mentioned Sistar earlier as a very successful girl group, Korean girl group, who debuted, um, went through their seven years of contract, and even at their disbandment, they were considered a top girl group, and they disbanded. Even as uh, I was a big Sistar fan, I knew that, you know, the, the girls would go on and to do their solo activities, you know, eventually maybe one day they'll do like a reunion type of thing. And that was all a possibility. But with Eyes One, it's like, you know, there's so much potential there. There's almost no way that they're going to, I knew that, you know, there's almost no way that they're going to extend and there's no way that there's going to be any type of reunion in the future. I mean, look at IOI, look at one one you know, they always talk about reunions and stuff like that, but it's not going to happen. And it's just, you know, there's, there's not really much to hope for. And that's what increases the emotional pain a little bit. So, you know, back to the point is that you can say that, okay, these whiz ones are foolish or stupid for saying like, oh, I'm not going to like K-pop anymore. I'm not going to listen to any other girl groups anymore. But there is validity, I think, to that type of emotional response to the situation. And it's definitely not like any other idol group out there, in my opinion. So I can see both point of views. I'm I'm actually on both ends on it because I, I know the hard date. I was ready to set my expectations, embrace myself, and then it came and I dealt with it just fine. But like Greg, I have been following similar Japanese artists or Japanese idols for so long, over over a decade maybe now we went through all those emotional highs when your favorites your favorites do successfully and then they graduate and it was tears all around and but you're you're happy that they're gone or not that that they're gone but you're happy that they graduated and they can move on to things and that that's happened quite a bit for me it was like through hello project with their different groups and the 48 groups uh, and nogizaka and everything like that so i i've been through a similar similar graduation slash disbandment type of feelings before but then what you're saying ping is like yeah this this sucks this is not this is not the ideal way that i thought okay two two and a half years they're gonna have this amazing concert in the largest 
largest dome with thousands of fans where the three of us should be <laughs> we should we should be we should be in korea talking about this uh, right now as opposed to being in our homes uh, talking about it we should have been there with our with our light sticks and everything we should have been happy seeing them in person again and i can totally understand why people will say like those things you know if if they don't follow k-pop i mean it's it's after this i mean yeah part of me is like it's their loss they're missing a whole lot of other great artists and whatnot but if that's how they feel then yeah that that's how they're gonna feel so uh it's a shame that they it's a shame that they won't uh, be able to experience other other groups that are still going on that are quite possibly similar or could be even better than they experienced with eyes one but you're right you got to have that emotional attachment that emotional attachment from project 40 uh, i'm sorry from produce 48 all the way all the way there and i'm like i was trying to fight myself this past week to not watch all the old stuff and i i I remember you posting some of those videos there. I was like, man, I don't want to watch this. This is going to make me upset. This is, I was, I can remember where I was when I was watching Produce uh, 48, a couple of the episodes. I was in Cupertino at Apple headquarters for, for a job out there. And when I had time, I would download the episodes with subtitles and watch Produce 48 in my apartment <laughs> And I would take the time to watch that one or two hours of, of the latest produce while I was trying to figure out what I needed to do for work later that week or whatnot. So I, I totally had that emotional attachment. I totally understand. But again, I also understand what Greg is Greg is saying too, because man, don't miss out. There's still a lot of good stuff. But once uh, once we once we go through those uh, the stages of grief and we deal with it, hopefully things will become better and uh, people can move on and whatnot. I think I've probably watched more Eyes One like on YouTube this last week than I've had in the in the last couple weeks. I've watched some of the variety stuff, but I didn't go all the way back to those videos. But I think I probably watched more and laughed more this last week than I've had from them in a while so but yeah yeah i can understand and i just want to uh bring into context on what um alan was talking about was uh this past week um after after the final concert um i couldn't watch or listen to anything eyes one related for like two or three days after but a few days after i decided you know let me go listen to some of the old produce 48 concept stage uh, songs and check out some of the videos and i shared it with the group and um yeah i mean looking back at those times they were just like a totally different it's almost like a totally different era you know pre-covid you know they weren't even eyes one it was just like fun you know just happy and it helped me it helped me like kind of consume or it kind of helped me be able to consume Eyes One content again, you know, kind of like starting from the beginning, going through Produce 48 clips and then going into back into their music. And then when the eating trip three comes out, um, hopefully I'll be able to watch that and, and uh, not be so sad. <laughs> right. I think I think there was a 
Eyes One Noz that came out the day after the concert. And I was like, oh, perfect timing. I'll watch this. And I went through my black hole of uh, Eyes One content there. I listened to their, I marathoned their, their whole discography. I think the next day, the next two days or whatnot. So I'm completely the opposite. I was absorbing everything. I was like, man, this is going to be tough. So let me try to wean myself away from all this. But we were totally on different levels on that one. <laughs> We dealt with it differently, is is what I would say. Well, I I, I must be the heartless asshole in this thing. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just saying I'm just saying I don't I don't disagree with you, Greg. I'm just saying that I do understand that why fans feel the way that they do, especially in the case of Eyes One. And I also, to Alan's point, yeah, for sure, like I, I understand Japanese idol music with how you know, like in Hello Project and the Forty Eight groups, and I, I guess the Forty Six groups. There's if there's graduations, you know, you have a member that leaves or multiple members that might leave and go on and do their own thing. But it, there is a difference still, in my opinion, just because usually those members have been with the group for such an extended period of time. Um, you know, you've been through the highs and the lows, if there were lows. Usually it's just like one, maybe you're just a big fan of that one member and then they leave and then they go do their own thing, but you can still follow that one member, right? Um, but a lot of Wiz ones, um, they're not just a fan of individual members. They're a fan of the entire group and the interaction between the girls and the, all the things that they do from the music to the variety to, you know, just the interaction with the fans in general. You're not losing one member and you can still follow them while they do their own things. You're losing everything about the group. And if you think about it, like if somebody decides, okay, we're just gonna take down all the Eyes One videos from YouTube and VLive, then what 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 do you have? So actually, I know like people are scrambling to create an archive, all this Eyes One stuff, and I totally agree with that because the two and a half years, I mean, they're special. I can't judge anybody um, wrongly or think that they're maybe foolish or stupid for for feeling that way. That's ju that's just my opinion. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm more on the side of Greg where, hey, there's gonna be more music, there's gonna be more K-pop. It's kind of dumb to think that, you know, just because Eyes One is disbanding, I'm not gonna listen to any girl groups or uh, K-pop in the future. I mean, in my opinion, K-pop, and I've been listening to K-pop for over 20 years, K-pop is just an amazing um, industry. You know, to cut yourself off from that, yeah, I think it's a mistake, but I'm not gonna judge somebody for feeling that way, feeling the way that they do, because maybe they got into K-pop um, relatively recently, and maybe they got in, uh, they became a big fan, you know, maybe Eyes One was their old group. And if that's the way that they feel, then that's the way that they feel, you know, maybe, maybe a month from now, they'll be, you know, eating their words and they'll be jumping on the next big k-pop thing right but um as of right now like you know i i can understand that the way that they feel i understand how why they feel the way that they feel hey guys april sounds like it's gonna be a big <laughs> month for new releases so if you if you don't quit k-pop if you don't quit yet hang around till april you might find something you might like so. and yeah i mean there's gonna be a lot of new releases the, a lot of the second gen groups um second generation k-pop groups which is you know from around like 2007 to 2014 or something like that uh oh, so wait second gen yeah so around that time they're, they're making comebacks right shiny just came back 2 p.m is going to be coming back there there's more on top of that like there's just a lot of content coming out for fans of k-pop new and old where there's gonna be a lot of good stuff to consume and we got second gen we got third gen we got fourth gen i mean k-pop is as strong as ever and it's only gonna get stronger that's just my opinion 
So with uh, all things taken into consideration, I guess we can say that we all have different ways of coping with the loss of eyes. <laughs> I guess that's the easiest way to say it. Yeah, and we all we all agreed that, you know, 2.5 years, I think we all kind of felt that that was going to be the end, right? So. Yeah, I mean, you can always hope, but I mean, agencies have their own business to take care of, like you said. So, I mean, yeah, business I'm still first, hoping, right? but not very high. Yeah. all right so moving on to the next topic here tickets so did you buy a one-day or two-day pass uh for those of you who actually bought a ticket what were your expectations for the concert if you did buy a two-day pass hold on hold on (laughs) are you gonna say wait why would you only buy a one-day pass i don't know (laughs) how how are we gonna be on this show and not say that oh we we didn't buy a ticket How it just it just blows my mind. Like you're if you at least buy one day, you get you buy the second concert, right? You know, I did see people on Reddit say that they only bought one night, and I'm not sure why, but um, they did. There are people that what, did. What was the price? What was the price difference? Um, so if you go went with Interpark, it was seventy dollars including fees for a two day pass, and I think it was like thirty five dollars plus fees for a one day pass, and uh. Yeah, access was around the same price. Well, for me, I got a review copy from the boss, so thank you, sir. No problem. Okay, so sorry, what was our question? <laughs> what, what, what was the question again? So the question is, if uh, what were you expecting from the concert? Given that it was two days, were there going to be different set lists, more unit stages, surprise announcements, other stuff? What what were you expecting going in? Uh, so personally for me, I actually wasn't really expecting anything. I don't really go into any show expecting anything. Obviously, unit stages were one of the few things that I was like, okay, I'm really looking forward to seeing what kind of unit stages they bring out this time. But I didn't really consider like, okay, are we going to have different set lists for every night or how are they going to prepare the show? I was just kind of expecting like, okay, this is going to be the final concert and hopefully it's going to be nice and I'm going to enjoy both nights. Very hard to, I'm just not a type of person who puts expectations on on concerts and things like that you know i just want to enjoy the moment really all right i'm different i thought that they were going to leave everything on the floor basically i thought they were going to do any any and every song that they could because it was two days i'm like okay this is great they can do one one side could be their hits and one side could be their b or one concert could be their b-sides or one side could be their first year and their other the other day could be their second year or whatnot. I I really went into it thinking like they were gonna do anything and everything. But they did do everything. They they literally performed like every good song that they had. No no no. Even I I was the one that was also expecting some of their Japanese tracks as well. You know, I I, I only like one and they didn't even play it and I was upset. So they still had some impressive B sides for some of their Japanese sides, but I, I was kind of thinking, okay, if this is your last time together, this is your concert, one more night, I kind of wanted to see a little bit of everything. Granted, the unit stages, ended up, I was surprised and I ended up liking them, and they were, they were great. I just thought the discography could have been a lot bigger. When I, when I had previous favorite members of groups leave for their graduation concert, they put they played everything and anything that they could, and if you were in if you were in forty eight for more than like ten years, oh boy, you're gonna be you're gonna be playing all your hits. And I was kind of like expecting. I was like, oh, okay, they don't have to play everything, but they got a lot to choose from. 
and they copied and pasted day one and day two almost. And I was like, uh, I knew people that were straight up recording the concert, and then three songs into day two, they're like, okay, fuck this, I'm going to bed. It's the same set list, and I'm like, uh, that sucks. That was and... kind of a dumb move, and in my opinion, they they did play like every Korean song that they released almost. No, not not really, but they did. But okay. Where was do 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 do? Oh, you mean dance, dance, dance? That was that's dance, not, dance, whatever. Yeah, that's not official canon in Nice One discography. Apparently, because they didn't. That's their last single, but it wasn't even on. They didn't even have a live version of it, like for their wait, concert. I was upset. Wait, wait, which which song? The do do dance, the one for the universe. The dance. I didn't even. I don't even like that song, and I was expecting it. Wait, 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 wait. The the Pepsi song. No, not, not the Pepsi song, but oh, okay. the one before that. The not even that one. I was like, oh, they could play the Pepsi song. The, oh, the, the wow. Universe app promotional song. Oh, that one. Yeah. Dude, dude, dance. Dude, 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 how can you it's a single like that? it's a single that's on spotify and apple music and everywhere and i'm like oh this some people really liked it and i was like okay I where think... is it this is technically their last i'm sorry i think you were wrong to have that type of expectation no i was just straight up i think you were wrong to have that type of expectation oh no no not from previous concerts that it was the end and it's the finale I kind of wanted to see a little bit. How of many concert? So, how many K-pop concerts have you seen that was that? This is the K- end, and this is the finale. Okay, this is my first one. Okay, so let's let's finish this topic. As far as K-pop is concerned, yes, but let's finish this topic. They performed almost. They performed every good Korean song. The only thing. You know, as you alluded to, is it was kind of weird that they didn't do any Japanese music, even though they're touted as a world group, which is not even true because exactly, when they say right? world, they really just mean China and Japan. But still, it's kind of weird that they didn't do any Japanese songs, but they did do every good Korean song in some form and shape. Some some shape or form, well, you know, one way or another, either through a, a cover stage, uh, sorry, a unit stage, or through the acoustic set that they did. They did perform almost they every did good the Korean hits, song. Basically, they did the hits. I'm not gonna be sitting like so. I, I don't I don't know like what other shows you might have seen, but I prefer to be listening to all the best music than rather listening to every music. At least See, that's just I'm, for me. I'm different. I know that even if I didn't like every song i've seen concerts where if there were if this was like a good one to go out on i'm going from like my previous japanese idol stuff and whatnot so but i was like oh this is a surprise to see them play this song or whatnot but you know part of me was kind of like cut copy paste i was like eh. and i i'm not the only one that felt that way in that eyes one discord i was like oh it was it was rough to to read that and there was some other uh, places I was also a part of that they had to work in the morning, so they will watch it at a at a more decent time, and they just recorded the concert and they'll watch it another time. So I was like, I understand. I was like, I understand. So hopefully, with with the small changes from concert from day one and day two, I I believe they were okay with. But at first, no, they were like, okay. I just think know. like. As a person who has followed tours before and anyone who has experienced a tour before and gone to multiple shows on that tour or multiple nights on that tour, you don't go into, 
okay, I'm going to Los Angeles show and then I'm going to the New York show and I'm going to the Texas show and every show is going to have a different set list. No one expects that. At least I don't think no one, I don't think anyone expects that. You are expecting this performance, you know, like these idols, they don't prepare a different set list for every city. That's just ridiculous. And to expect that they would have a totally different set list for each day, I think is kind of dumb. That's just me. I mean, it could just be me. I mean, I did think that there would be a little bit more variety between, I'll be honest, I thought there'd be a little bit more variety between the first day and the second day. Um, But I'm not surprised to see that it was not so. So I'm just trying, I'm just saying that, you know, to have that type of expectation, I think, I think it's not right to have that type of expectation. That's just my opinion. (laughs) <laughs> well, I kind of live in between both of you guys. Um, for me, I was expecting a little bit more Japanese content on the second day, just because they are touted as a Korean-Japanese group. So you figure they'd pander a little bit to the Japanese side. And I think but, that's that totally makes sense. Like it just It's just really weird. Yeah. <laughs> I still think it's really weird I, that I, they didn't do a single Japanese song. <laughs> oh, actually, mean, they did. They did do one. They did do but one. But it wasn't, it wasn't uh, any of the songs that they had previously released. It was brand right. new. No one knew it. Yeah, no one knew that song. But still, Everybody they did one crying. Japanese song. I mean, I was expecting at least maybe two. Two of the previous releases at minimum <laughs> two. two i only wanted one and they didn't even give it to me hey so. i i wanted i uh, wanted one too and it was the 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 one that was actually good but uh they didn't do it so hey you know i mean it's i i, I still think it's really weird it's an online concert for a group that's touted as a i'm doing air quotes right now world group and they have japanese music and not to do not a single japanese song in their concert two-day concert set it is kind of weird it's kind of weird yeah, but they didn't so it was it's definitely weird but uh yeah i mean i agree there but you know i mean that they chose to do what they chose to do and personally as uh, i do prefer their korean music i wasn't too disappointed but uh, it was it's definitely kind of weird yep uh but in regards to the different set lists yeah uh i'm i'm kind of like Alan, I'm more used to, okay, there's this big production. There's one, usually if with Jap- J-pop, it's like one member goes away and they do pretty much fucking everything they've ever put their hands on. I think is what Alan is uh, alluding to. Uh, so it's a little bit different with K-pop. Like the only group I've ever seen like come to an end completely other than Eyes One was like the Wonder Girls. So kind of have an idea of what it's like in k-pop so i'm not i wasn't too upset like others online about the the set list and i do think that anyone who did turn off the concert because they thought the sets are exactly the same really made a big mistake and yeah that that's actually pretty pretty stupid to it is pretty stupid and there's actually like it's very rare that uh, a K-pop group can go out or end their career or uh, not technically career and their um, and that part of their <laughs> career. <laughs> I'm gonna end your career. No, um, it, it's now. it's kind of weird that 
I mean, it's very rare. Sorry, that, Wan okay. Young. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> at, at the at the ripe old age of uh, 18, I'm going to end your career. No, it's very rare for a K-pop group. Uh, I don't know, you know, like an, Japanese idol music, it's, it's kind of different because it's kind of just like an ongoing thing. But in K-pop, when a group ends, it's really rare for them to go out with a concert and on a high note, even though technically this was kind of a depressing concert in some ways, it, te- it could be still considered going out on a high note. Whereas a lot of groups in K-pop, idol groups, they kind of just quietly disband or just release uh, statements or don't even release anything. It's pretty common in K-pop and, you know, even referring back to the Wonder Girls situation, you know, Wonder Girls was a ride. Most K-pop groups, it's a ride. And the Eyes One ride was just much shorter um, than others. And for them to be able to end this phase of their career, it's it's not always possible in K-pop. And and it's it's still, uh, you know, it was still nice for them to do the concert indeed so i I think we all had different assumptions about the concert going in but um, for sure we pretty much agree that you shouldn't have turned it off (laughs) (laughs) no i i don't i know i understand why people can't stay up at four in the morning when they have work the next day so i can can if you're a true super fan you stay up and you you sleep through work the next day (laughs) you call in you you call in Not, not in this situation you, you, you should have requested a holiday before the show even. As soon as the, the show dates were announced, you probably should have requested a holiday because if you were always one and you knew what was going to be happening. They were they were up and running the next day while I was struggle, while I was on the struggle bus trying to deal with daylight savings and staying up for a concert. So That's why I took the next day off, man. <laughs> I took the Monday off because I knew it was going to be shitty. Yeah, I mean, people should have taken off. Honestly, like if you were if you were expecting expecting to watch a concert um you should have found a way to you know change shifts take a day off call in or something because uh hey i i don't even i don't even have a job and i was like fuck if i have to stay up at least i can watch it later i had back i had contingency plans in in, in check but yeah sometimes it's rough to do two back-to-back concerts and stay up so yeah i don't envy you guys that had all the energy to go but it was tough for some folks out there gotta power through if you're a super fan hashtag true fan (laughs) that was a very long weekend for me whatever for for work um for things that i had to do uh i got like i think i literally got like six hours of sleep in those three days but i still stayed up and watched it i mean that's me i mean i was a big fan of the group maybe you're just not as big of a fan (laughs) you know i'm just i'm just joking (laughs) but um i understand you know if that was the reason why you didn't stay to watch it versus like Oh, this is the same thing as yesterday. I'm, why should I watch this? I mean, I can kind of understand if you like, oh, I need to go to sleep. Okay, sure, I understand. But if you're going to say like, oh, this is just the same thing as yesterday. I'm just going to turn it off. I don't care. I mean, that's kind of dumb. Indeed. Well, their thing was, I need to get sleep. So they recorded it and they watched it later. Part of me doesn't envy that because I think I could have done the same thing. <laughs> Possibly, yes. But uh, since we're on the podcast, and we're just going to say this. None of us recorded this content at all. Just, just saying, just put it out there if anyone asks. Whatever. There's no, <laughs> there's, you don't get any special cred points for 
not recording well, or recording. Just saying, if somebody in, in, in power is listening to this and right. uh, we did no illegal activities in regards to watching or recording the concert. That's right. Yeah, we, pay, we paid for ours, right? That's right. We paid good money. It's not on demand, right? It's not, no, it's not. video on demand, right? No, it's, oh. it's live only and then that's it. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> Tell the powers that be that. Uh, anyway, let's get on to the last uh, mini topic here. And this is probably for me and Ping, because I think we were talking about this in our Discord chat. Uh, yes, <laughs> big ballers, you guys. <laughs> so, um, what kind of Bottomless merch did you end up buying? Yeah, I mean, that we, there's like a lot of merch that went up probably about a few days before the concert. So what did you buy? And how much of a dent did you put in your credit card? You don't have to put the actual number out there, but... Was it a significant dent, or were you able to handle that dent? Uh, Ping, I'll let you go Was first. it triple digits? Did you go triple digits? Well, first of all, like, Alan, I, I don't think you, you, you bought anything, right? I didn't, I didn't buy anything. I'm too, I'm too unemployed to buy anything. So, I'm, so. I'm pretty sure I purchased the most. So maybe we, let's start with Greg then. Yeah, so let me see if I can remember because I don't have my receipt on me right now. But uh, I bought the trading cards. So I bought five packs of those. You mean 25 soccer cards? Most likely 25 soccer cards, yes. Man, you're going to get 25 big dogs instead. I'll be happy with 25 big dogs, but I'll be pretty sad with 25 soccer <laughs> cards. <laughs> um, I bought uh, two iPod, or uh, yeah, airpod cases so i bought two yeah i bought one just because i like heywan's food design <laughs> i just bought, okay. even though she's not my bias I, I did like the design of the airpod case so i bought that and i bought the chaywans what else did i buy who is who is your bias i mean chaywan <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> no, no no i mean i'm not asking a question i'm i'm saying chaywan is your bias so that's why you bought it yes uh i bought the hoodie yeah got the hoodie uh, i got um there's just like this history pack with a film strip in it. We were debating what actually that was and why it was so expensive, but I bought one of those for Chaewon. Oh, so you did pick it up. Okay. Yeah, I was going to buy a Yena one, but since it's an unknown commodity, I didn't put the <laughs> extra cost into buying a Yena one. I bought the pins or the badges or whatever they're called. I bought all those, and I think that was it. And it did come up to triple digits in Canadian dollars. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. That's right. That's all you're going to say? Okay. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> all right. Well, then I'll continue. If you check my YouTube next month, once again, LSTKpop, all one word. That's the letter L, letter S, T, K-pop, all one word. You can check my unboxing video next month. And it's going to be titled along the lines of, I spent $500 on Eyes One merch. Yeah, <laughs> get that clickbait. So get that clicky bait link in there. I'll be unboxing that on my great. YouTube channel. But basically, I bought everything. So you bought all twelve iPod cases and the no, Galaxy okay. So cases I didn't and... buy literally everything. <laughs> okay. I bought okay. I bought everything, and when it came down to things that were like sold in twelve sets of twelve, meaning like each member had an option. Generally, I purchased. Cheon is my favorite member, so I everything that had a member option, Cheon was picked. And then in some cases, I also added on an Unbi and or a Yena and or a Wanyong for the things that and or 
<laughs> no, I, I limited it to those those four. Um, so like the <laughs> the the history pack, like uh, Greg was talking about, where he bought the Che One One. I actually bought the Cheon, the Unbi, the Yena, and the One Young One. So you'll be able to see that. I think I did anyway. But those were like really expensive for some really ambiguous reason, and that kind of like I, I really wanted to buy all twelve of them, but it was like really expensive. Like if you bought all twelve of them alone, it would have been I don't know what's, what's twelve times. So it would have been about five hundred dollars alone just for those. So <laughs> yeah, I had to try to limit myself to that. And then the AirPod cases, I really wanted to buy all twelve of them, or at least you know like four of Dang. the AirPod Pro case, four of the AirPod regular case and four of the galaxy bud case so i can have like one of each design but i i i I controlled myself and only bought cheon's one and i only have regular (laughs) airpods and airpods pro so i was i I was actually considering buying the galaxy pod case and buying galaxy (laughs) galaxy pods so just so i can use the case i actually considered that (laughs) but i was thinking like okay is is this really worth it um and my, I, I but don't know. Then you'd have to buy the Galaxy Pods. You'd yeah. have to buy the Galaxy well, Pods. Well, I, I was actually considering uh. it. I was thinking, like, this could be useful. But uh, I did decide not to do it. Um, but yeah, I did, I did buy almost everything that was uh, available. The only thing I didn't buy was the, I think they had like little flags, something like little flags with the members' faces on it, something like that. That was like the only merchandise I didn't buy a single option of. Um, everything else I had at least one of, um, if not multiple when it came down to multiple members. But yeah. So you bought the crying towel then? Is that true? Oh yeah, for sure. I got the poster, okay. <laughs> the the cloth poster that comes with two other or two or three other mini posters. Um yeah, I got I got everything, almost everything. So check out my YouTube video next month. LSTK pop on YouTube, all one word. Yeah, plug. When is this supposed to be delivered to you guys? I think it's shipping on 31st. March 31st. Yeah. So about a week after that, um, it takes me about, I don't know, like a, a couple of weeks to get a video up. So sometime in April, check it out. Hit subscribe. Press the like button. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably be posting my stuff up on social media. I, I'm not uh, I'm not too keen on doing a video yet. But I'll probably post it up on Instagram or, or Twitter or somewhere and probably show people all the all the frivolous spending I did on behalf of Eyes One. Hey frivolous it's not frivolous when it comes to your old group come on (laughs) that's that's true i mean there there's uh (laughs) there's very few idol groups actually spend money on so i guess just remember there is that one whiz one at least one whiz one who did buy every single item on the shop and spent over a thousand dollars there's definitely oh. at least one. Of course. Oh, I'm pretty sure, and I'm probably sure they're located in China. Hardcore whales. But, uh, <laughs> that's just my guess. <laughs> so it was, it was kind of interesting, actually, because like the merchandise, um, you know, they set the pre-order dates, like the dates that you can pre-order the merchandise from. It was like a few day window, and um, it was interesting because like it was, during that window was kind of the time where they announced that Eyes One was going to be formally disbanding, and I don't know how many people actually canceled their orders. But 
I think people canceled their orders because like a few weeks or maybe a week after or something like that outside of the window, I had heard and people were talking about it that some merchandise was available to be pre-ordered again um, in limited quantities. And, you know, people wanted uh, there were people who wanted the hoodie and missed out on getting the hoodie, but it was available again. Um, so I don't know if that was related to the, quote, boycott or whatever of the <laughs> the merchandise. Um, after the announcement of their disbandment. But uh, I just thought that was kind of an interesting thing to add on here for the record. I, I have a question for y'all too. Did y'all have any issues ordering any of this stuff? Were they were they sold out for something that you really wanted? Or did you also have to wait again for some, some of the stuff to come back in the uh, stock? For me, I was there day zero. So as soon as the shop opened up, I was buying stuff. So everything was in stock for me. <laughs> As soon as, as soon as the shop was open, Greg was like, okay, uh, hey, the shop's up. What are we going to buy? And then like we had a dis- quick discussion and like within an hour, Greg like had already made his order. For me, um, because I was making such a large purchase, I, I had to make sure that I had the funds. So I, I waited a couple of days and I was a little bit worried that things might be sold out, but I wasn't, you know, it, it, a pre-order is a pre-order for a reason uh, in the K-pop world. Usually it's because they want to know how much to manufacture. So there's usually there usually aren't sellouts unless the item is actually made from limited quantities of material. For example, re- relative recent example is G Friend made a tote bag using old vinyl of like promotional materials that they had. So it was like a cool recyclable tote bag that was made from promotional materials that G-Friend used during their promotions. So that was kind of cool and it was up for pre-order and sold out very fast because it's a limited quantity. It's like the material that they used is limited, right? It's like how many vinyl material do they actually have from the promotions, right? But for something like this where it's just like, oh, cotton, uh, acrylic, um, you know, plastic, paper, things like that, where it's not really in limited supply, even though a lot of things are in limited supply right now because of the, the coronavirus situation, right? Um, I didn't really expect that like, anything would be sold out. And I did wait a few days before making my my purchase and uh, nothing was sold out until, until the window was closed, the pre-order window was closed. And with Drama, the site that officially sold the merchandise, it's, it's a very good, it's a very good shop to purchase K-pop goods from. Um, usually have no problems with there. If I ever need to make a cancellation or a change in my order they're very fast on on fulfilling my requests so everything went very smoothly and you know no no issues getting getting my merchandise pre-ordered awesome so there's hope that they will be shipping my stuff to canada without any issues hopefully yeah this is not going to be an m-wave situation where people are still missing their bloom eyes uh, (laughs) albums okay yeah greg you finally got yours yes i did Finally, (laughs) there's still people out there who still do not have their Blue Mize albums. And I think all they honestly, I think all that they have to do is just send an email and change their shipping option and maybe pay an extra fee. But maybe they don't want to pay that extra fee. So they just have to wait until the coronavirus restrictions uh, get lifted. Too bad for you people, I guess. But oh, well. (laughs) so we're moving on to the actual concert, which was on the weekend of was it March 12 and 13, right? That's what it was? Or 13, 14? Can't remember. I thought it was 13, 14. Yeah, it was on a weekend. That's all I remember. <laughs> but uh, what were your thoughts on the setup of these two con- two concerts? Um, did you like the subdued approach of one, the story, or would you rather have them go all balls out like they did for the last concert? What are your thoughts? Can I go first? Yes. Yeah. I 
loved the setup of this of this concert they didn't have to do crazy ar stuff like in one iric diaries so i kind of got over that gimmick after watching that concert so this one was really good i loved i love the set designs on these i love the the led or the uh, the screens in the back they weren't too like distracting when it was a close-up of uh of one of the girls it wasn't like a a total hit to the bit rate or anything like that so i love this setup on this one here so oh if you were if you were a guy or girl that is into legs this was your concert because it was legs one for a lot of the uh the wardrobe and everything they were showing off there was a lot it wasn't until like day two where like eugene found some pants and i was i remember putting in the chat i was like eugene found some pants and then i remember going to the eyes one discord when did Eugene find pants? Everybody was like fixated on her finding pants for some reason. I was like, oh, okay. But overall, like the set design, the look, the costumes, I really, really enjoyed uh, this concert. If we're, if we're comparing it to like One Eric Diary, I prefer this one over One Eric Diary. I thought it was just... One, e- one Eric Theater? Uh, yeah, One Eric Theater. Uh, I just thought it was easier on the eyes. Yeah, so for me... Um... I think there can be a case to be made for each setup, um, you know, when Eric Theater versus won the story. Uh, but I think that it was a smart decision on how they chose to present won the story. Uh, when Eric Theater was really cool, you have the technology, right? We have the technology and they, and they really tried to do some cool things and, you know, it could have been executed better. You know, if they did another similar type of concert, I have full faith that they would have executed it better. You know, the, the way that they set up one, the story was just so much cleaner in some ways, you know how like there's like the minimalistic approach is kind of the better approach in some cases. And while I'm not saying that this was like minimalistic by any stretch of the imagination, I just think that the, it was a little bit more simple or much more simple than when Eric theater. And because of that, I think it's going to translate better in the hopeful uh, Blu-ray release and DVD or Kino release of this concert. And I think it's going to become an, a better watch than an Iric Theater, just because of the way that it was set up. I think an Iric Theater, it can, you know, maybe 10 years from now, I think we might feel that it, it's kind of a, I don't, I don't know if it's going to age well, you know, it's kind of like uh, watching old CG from 20 years ago. Uh, it doesn't always age that well. And, you know, watching that AR stuff uh, 10 years from now, we might be looking back at this and thinking like, what were they thinking? I mean, even now, like I'm looking back at it five months or whatever, six months later and thinking like, what were they thinking with this camera work? Right. Like <laughs> literally the day of, I was thinking like, what were they thinking with this camera work? But, um, when you look at one, the story for those of you that have watched it or will watch it in the future or will rewatch it in the future, it's just an easier watch. The way that they set up the stage, the way that there was so much thought that went into the stage design, the way that they set up the screens, the way that they, the, the way that the show flowed. Uh, overall, it was just such a very well executed performance in all aspects from, you know, usually when you're watching a concert, all you see are the performers, in this case, Eyes One, doing their songs, singing and dancing and, you know, like wearing these 
awesome outfits and you know the outfits for both days were awesome a lot of the outfits were reused right but um besides that you know like the hairstyles and one of the cool things with having both days was kind of like oh spot the difference right oh okay this is a little bit different than yesterday but you know the if you think about like all the work that goes into the rehearsals and the planning and the design um i thought it was really apt how the girls thanked the concert staff at the end of the show because you can you know as somebody who who is very interested in this type of stuff and who works in this type of stuff and cares about this type of stuff to see all the work that is put into the creation of the show and how the show flows and how the show is uh, put together and, and all the little designs design touches that they put into it um, from the the logo being on the ceiling and being able to change colors and being able to come down and move up and um, the way that the screens were laid out to kind of look like a film reel and they could turn it around and then on the back they had like the the Instagrammable backdrop and there's just like so much about the show and the production that was so well done and you know there is a little bit of risk here you know doing something kind of new I mean in some ways it's new in some ways it's not but um, you know like you tried something new with the Nyrick Theater and it didn't really uh, you know in my opinion it didn't turn out the best but um when the story it was just like it was just like perfect from beginning to end in my opinion as far as the final concert for eyes one uh, there's not much i think that could have made it better so much love for eyes one there so much love <laughs> uh for me i was actually glad that they toned it down oniric theater was a little bit of a sensory overload at times except for the flying car flying car was awesome but the, uh, <laughs> Why do you bring that up again? Because <laughs> the flying car is awesome. Oh my god! Uh, anyways, the flying car was like the the highlight points of uh, the Nyric Diary comeback promotion. Right. So, <laughs> but uh, it was from Buenos Aires, badly, from Buenos Aires, the badly green screen. The, <laughs> sorry. A- anyways, continue. Please. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah I, I think based on the the poster design when the the concert was first announced, um, you could kind of tell that they were kind of going to go in a different direction. So I was happy that it was laid back. Uh, there wasn't as much eye candy, I guess, in the background that that would distract from the members performing in the front. Except for maybe that Windows ME background, that was pretty noticeable. But you mean Windows XP? <laughs> Whatever. It was just Windows. Windows. Everybody was everybody was saying, "Hey, that's that was my desktop a couple years ago." (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Yeah, I'm surprised it didn't go with like Mac OS Sierra or something like that. But I guess Windows probably works better. But yeah, it it actually worked to the betterment of the concert. I mean, I was actually able to be a little bit more engaged rather than overwhelmed. So I was pretty happy about the entire presentation overall. I did miss, other than a flying car, I did miss a live band. I wish they had kind of a band there, but would have been nice. But that's my only complaint, really. Otherwise, yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, like I would have really loved a live band. Like I love live bands and concerts in general. Like it's a very common thing um, amongst Japanese artists who have a live band and in some cases, Korean artists. Like live bands, in my opinion, really enhance the show and make it special but in hindsight i can kind of see why they didn't go with the live band because it's kind of like let's just make this show about eyes one so yeah i think in hindsight that just looking back at it i think it makes sense that why they didn't do a live band yeah and unfortunately they did it already so i didn't think they were gonna have a live band again 
One thing I did. Well, they could have done it better. Yeah, <laughs> you can always do something better. Yes. The, the, you know, the, the live band last time was nice. I really enjoyed it. You know, if you, uh, I think you can reference the the last the last episode on the Eyes One and Iric Theater and uh, hear our thoughts on that. But um, I mean, could have been better. Uh, you can always you can always be better. Yeah, that's just what I think. But yeah, I mean, I, I think it was better that they didn't do it. We won't have another shot to make it better. They're done. But anyways. So mean. Um, so mean. You're going to make all the listeners cry now. <laughs> well, one thing that I, I... I don't know why I had a, such a fixation on it, but the fonts that they use, not only for like labeling the the chapters or whatnot, the fonts that they had like in the, in, in the screens and the background, like even for panorama, I was like man whoever picked out these fonts like they they're they are like calling out to me they're popping i that was one thing that i i took away from it i was like i was very attracted to the layout of everything and how how each segment had something to stand out even if it was just the words or anything like that so i i like that they kind of hunkered down and had like more of a like ping was saying like a minimalistic they had more of a less is more type of feel and even when they had things like that showed up, like fireworks, I was like, "Ooh, fireworks! This is this is great." Uh, I forgot I forgot what song that that was on, but I was like, "Ooh, these fireworks look amazing!" <laughs> so, but yeah, fonts and the graphics, I I really loved it. Yeah, it was just a great design des- design decision. Yeah, like that. That's one of those things where the production team just did an amazing job. Like I said, from start to finish, uh, the entire concert production team just did an amazing job on preparing this show. Indeed. So I think we alluded to this earlier in the conversation, but set lists for these concerts were structured slightly differently compared to an Irish theater. Uh, I was meant to celebrate the legacy of Eyes One. So do you think they managed to do that? And do you think they fit everything that we as fans wanted uh, in the two days? I think, unfortunately, just from our earlier conversation, they're fans of different things, right? So to some people, I felt like, well, from what I read, they were like, well, I wish they did more of this. I wish they did more of that. And for some people, they're like, oh, this is this is a perfect concert. So it did go through the legacy. I love that they broke it down by chapters. But there are some missing pages in those chapters. There are some missing sections that have been written in history, just not in this specific one, the story. So maybe there needs to be a two, the story, or something like that. But I don't think people would be super upset with what they were presented with. I felt it was very satisfactory but they had a lot of potential uh and to some to to some it was a perfect fit to a lot of those that i've uh, i've been reading and whatnot and even myself i've kind of felt a little it's a little empty i felt like like if i was writing this book if i was seeing these chapters i was like well where's the chapter where's the where's the uh sukitoi wastai chapter you know or where's the chapter of i mean they could have really talked about the hiatus if they really wanted to but i don't know if it it, this was a nice nice history basically but i don't know i I guess i i i don't know what i'm trying to say i i feel i feel like i don't know i don't i'm i'm struggling with the words right now so 
you know, we've, we've, we, we briefly discussed this earlier. Uh, I'm in the camp of, I think the show was perfectly fine the way that it was. Um, they pretty much did every good Korean song that they had released. Again, it was kind of weird that they didn't perform a single Japanese song um, outside of the, the new one. But um, yeah, I mean, in some form, shape, or in one way or another, they performed every Korean hit that they had. Um, now, the way that they did it, meaning that they had two nights and they redid a lot of the songs, obviously it turned some people off and I can kind of understand that. Um, I think that was one way to go about it. And I'm personally satisfied with how they did it. I mean, I would, I could watch La Vie and Rose, um, Violetta, uh, Highlight, you know, Swan, 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 Secret Story of the Swan, Panorama. I mean, I can watch, I did watch them perform it, you know, during the promotional periods. I've watched them perform it tens of times, maybe even hundreds of times uh, in some cases where, you know, I've seen these performances once, I'm going to watch it again, and that's not going to stop me from enjoying it, right? And then in some cases, I can kind of see like, okay, uh, maybe people were expecting more. Now, I kind of see, I can see, you know, both ways, right? I can see both aspects and how they could have done it. You now, personally, for me, if I was the one to produce the show and I was like the executive producer or whoever, whatever the title is, the director uh, of the concert, maybe what I would have done is I would have given the real estate, meaning I have two nights to present a concert for Eyes One that reveals the, you know, kind of, it's kind of the, the, the period to the, the, the final period to the end of the story, right? I mean, you could have used the real estate in a different way. You know, you have two to three hours to prepare a set list and maybe you could have had just one long story that continued to flow along two different nights, right? I mean, that's one way to look at it. But then you also think like, okay, maybe there are people who only bought one night of the show, which there were, um, and for them to miss certain songs um, because they didn't watch one night. I mean, yeah, there, there's, there's different ways to look at it, right? So definitely from a concert makers perspective it makes sense that they did the things that they the way that they did but i mean there was an opportunity there to go above and beyond and like i said i'm satisfied with how they organized the show and prepared it and produced it and performed it um i can definitely see why some people might have been expecting more but um i you know i i wholly enjoyed the concert again every i i prefer their korean music so i was happy that they performed all the best korean songs that they had and you know even though it in some ways it could feel kind of short it was still a three-hour concert, you know, after all the, after all is said and done on both nights, it was over three hours. So I, I don't really expect the girls to be performing for four to six hours uh, on both nights. So um, that's just me. Mm, interesting. I'm not sure where I lie in regards to the structure of the concert. I think I land more on Korean songs or better than the Japanese ones. I mean, it would have been nice to have the two Japanese songs I like performed and then they could leave the rest away. But 
Yeah, it, the way I see it, uh, they they really went all out for their home market, which is understandable, even though they're considered a world group with the air quotes there. But um, yeah, it, it it was fine to me. Like I didn't have any real issues with the the eyes one set list, excluding the uh, unit stages. Yeah, I, I don't really see it as being anything that tarnished a legacy or anything like that is more something that celebrated their their legacy so i'm pretty i'm pretty good with the the set list overall so i don't really have any complaints or issues to complain about <laughs> i'm just happy that so, so you were oh yeah i'm just happy it. that they you know they were able to to do this uh, as a, a final goodbye to their fans because you know it's possible they could have never ever done a concert right so I mean, it was what it was, so I'm, I'm pretty good with it. Were you Were you wanting more? Were you left Only wanting? Only a flying car. <laughs> Surprise! There was no flying car during a Swan Swan exactly. Swan. Exactly. They had the they had the real estate on the screens for it. Could have done it. No they gimmicks. Had the real estate. They had the assets. No gimmicks just, this time around. You know, flashed a little, uh, you know, a little flying car here and there. You know, they put in you know? they put in the right thing, which is the merry-go-round. They reuse the merry-go-round. Mm. They, they could have put in a, a little bit of swan emojis, you know, a little bit of a uh, call-out hey. to the fans. Oh, that would have been epic if there were swans. <laughs> I totally went into the chat and put swan emojis. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just joking. I put flying cars in the chat. That's what I did. And the Asmon Discord is straight up just swan emojis. So it's, uh, I love it. Uh, you got to think about the Blu-ray, you know, 10 years from now. <laughs> You know, flying car and swan emojis might just not make a lot of sense in the t- uh, watching the Blu-ray ten years That's from now. That's true, but it would be special for the fans. Exactly. How true? How hard is it to comprehend? Swan, 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 <laughs> swan. Yeah, the fly, flying, flying car would be harder to get over. I think ten years from now, exactly. but yeah, definitely swans would work. Yeah, because there will actually be flying cars. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> but yeah, don't don't get me wrong. I I I also prefer their k-pop uh, the korean side of their of their music they play the hits and i'm okay with that and i don't know i just felt like i just felt a little bit empty i i didn't feel fulfilled i guess there's still some missing chapters going around so you want that japanese chapter don't you the japanese chapter yeah i think that's what I alan's mean, missing is the japanese chapter like how much are they missing like there's not really much i like... only i only wanted sukito wastai to me that was a very influential song uh at the time uh it i was i i was totally i was still in the mode of like downloading all their shows and everything the concerts even the even uh when they went to japanese variety they had some great stuff uh some funny stuff so i was like part of me is very tied to sukito wastai i've run i've run two half marathons and when I turn when I turned on my playlist, uh, I always said a shuffle. And two times, Sukito uh, Sukito Wastai was the first one, and I was like, "Fuck, this is a good pumped up song. I better not get too hyped in the first four minutes of my run here." So, I I was personally hoping for that, and it okay. I didn't get a big deal cool i i read some people had it worse so i'm not the i'm not the token one uh here but i i enjoyed the concert i was 
semi-fulfilled, but I wouldn't say it was like fully, fully satisfied if I was missing one thing or, or whatnot. So, okay. Well, at least, uh, at least we got something. <laughs> That's all I'm saying there. Um, yeah. So now that we've uh, discussed the set list, let's talk about the favorite moments or performances from this two day concert. So I'm going to give you guys lots of time to, to do this one. So, you know, think carefully. What did you like about oh, this concert series? Let me think. So there were, the, there were little things. There were little things like, I don't know. I don't know why I, I remember on day one, Cheon choking on water or something like that. And I just thought that was, that was cute. She was trying to not be overwhelmed by coughing or whatnot. I remember we made the joke of, oh, what was it? I think it was for Panorama. We made the joke that she borrowed uh, her sister's beret <laughs> and that she was dancing with it. And then she just chucked it off stage because the beret wasn't working for her. I was like, oh, poor Jerry Young. I was like, ah. Oh. And, she, and she didn't wear it on the second nope. night. She said, no thanks for day two. I was like, oh, poor Jerry Young. What's going on? But I just thought that was funny. Just little things like the graphics, like when the fireworks came up, uh, the fireworks came up for Fiesta. And Fiesta is not really one of my favorites. For some reason, I was like, ooh, fireworks. This looks really good. And I remember putting it in the chat, and I was like, <laughs> I think everybody was impressed just by the little things like like the fireworks and whatnot. So other favorites, I'm trying to remember. I like, I prefer day one's unit stages. Or can we talk about unit stages yet? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, I love day one's uh, unit stages over day two. Day two had... Joe Yuri's and that was that was great. I preferred day ones. Quantum B with Senorita. I was like, fuck, this girl is trying to kill me for the last concert. I was like, oh man, she was looking super fine and she was like staring daggers right into all the Weez One souls and I was like, uh, she looks so good. And then Hichan, she's my teammate Oshi, so when she did All Hands on Deck, I was like, whoa, this is crazy. She's doing, killing it. So I just loved that little combination right there. From day one, it was, uh, who who went last? Yena, Yena, Heiwan, Nako, Wanyang. They did Sunny and Roly Poly. And I thought they looked amazing. Yena with the glasses totally knocked it out. Nako had the fake bangs on and i i was i don't know if i was laughing every time i saw saw her or if it was just like naturally my eyes went to her bangs or that she was just too cute dancing but i that was something memorable for me on the uh on the uh the unit stages there what uh what about you ping what what did you like yeah so for me i mean it's really hard to choose specific moments or performances because the entire show on both nights were so was so good you know we kind of mentioned like oh the sensory overload when it when it came to the difference between an iric theater and one the story you know in this in the in this case it wasn't more of a sensory overload it was more of an emotional overload it's hard to choose uh, a specific moment or performance because i just was enjoying every moment of both nights shows from beginning to end but you know looking at the set list here i'll just briefly go through it uh, both nights shows and i remember the first in the opening on the first night lavian rose 
I immediately, as soon as they started performing, I already started tearing up because it's just such a classic song, in my opinion. In in the K-pop industry has a lot of classic songs, and I think Lavian Rose is definitely one of them. And the outfits that they had, the the performance, it was just perfect. There's really nothing nothing you could even look at or nitpick or think that oh this could have been better um it was just the perfect performance to open up the show and then they performed colors which is like one of my all-time favorite eyes one b-sides so i was like super hyped when they started performing that that was like one of my highlights of the night was getting was being able to watch them perform that song on their final concert one well it was not really a highlight but i thought it was a funny moment when they started doing i i guess you can consider it the ballad set um which is like chapter two uh i think it was like either really like you uh or the the other one in one of the parts like sakura sakura has a solo section and on the first night like the light wasn't even on her i was like oh that's what happened there somebody made a mistake thankfully on the second night they they fixed it but i just thought that was kind of kind of funny and then they um, got fired afterwards so (laughs) well uh and then like i I mentioned colors as one of my favorite all-time b-sides my my favorite all-time b-side for eyes one and better be um, highlight better be highlight they performed highlight yeah it just brought back so many memories of like watching them at kcon new york and kcon la uh performing that song and also you know when they first released it along with violetta i was just like so excited that they were performing that song again you know when when it comes to b-sides you don't get as many promotional videos for those like i can like i said i've watched la vie and rose uh, fiesta violetta swan panorama i've watched them tens of times even borderline hundred times right but to be able to watch highlight uh, a, a new performance of highlight was really special for me um because it's just my favorite b-side song that they have it's actually one of my favorite songs that they have in general so i was really happy that they performed highlight um and then to the unit stages like alan spoke about earlier i can understand like probably everyone i don't think i, I would say like 99.9 percent. i mean you know this is not factual data or objectively surveyed or anything like that I I would say like 99% of the fan base who watched the concert would probably have preferred day one's unit stages to day two. Um, basically just because of the fact that they were like cover stages. Cover stages are generally more popular than not, uh, you know, not doing cover stages. Um, and yeah, so like the highlights that Alan alluded to earlier with the Unbi and Tommy with the hands on deck and senorita that was like literally mind-blowing i was just like my jaw dropped when uh unbi came out in the red dress uh mm-hmm. and then when uh tomi came out with her dance right i was just like wow this this is gonna be my favorite unit stage for for it just for both nights right i was like already thinking like oh i don't think anything can stop this um but you know I say that, and then you know, Che Che Sakura and Minju came out with Full Moon, uh, Sun Mew's Full Moon. And I wouldn't say I'm not sure, you know, which unit stage performance was better. Um, but I, you know, I'm a big Sun Mew fan as well. Um, I was a big Wonderful. Uh, I I still consider myself a Wonderful, right? So it was very it was very cool to see them perform Full Moon, Borum Dal. And then after that, uh, we got Che Won, Eugene, and Yuri 
performing adrenaline and i couldn't even actually i couldn't even remember what adrenaline was like i was like what song is this and then i realized like oh this is so uh, i thought that was an interesting choice it was probably my least favorite unistage i'm just not really a big fan of son yoshide and son yoshide but they performed that um but you know when Chewan and uh, when Chewan, Eugene, and Yuri came out, I was like, "Oh, wait!" So first of all, I was like Chewan and Yuri. I was like, "Oh, is this gonna be a Joe Yuri stage?" And then Eugene was there. I was like, "Oh, Eugene's you know, dreams were dashed." It up. I was, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, the big dog," but you know, I was, I was still hopeful. And like the next day, they did the Joe Yuri's did perform a unit stage. So I was like, extremely like fulfilled i felt like the dream came true and i got my joe yuri's performance but yeah the the, the yena hyewon nako and wonyoung performance with the sunny and roly-poly i think that was as perfect as a unit stage could be i had said earlier like oh unbi and tomi like their unit stage i don't think anything's gonna top this i think yena hyewon nako and wonyoung's um retro kind of throwback stage uh with sunny and roly-poly was just like off the charts amazing and like alan said yena with the glasses like i was like oh this is peak duck right here this is the perfect duck her hairstyle was so good her outfit was awesome i just like i really love how this stage is coming out and i i really like tiara and roly-poly was like one of their iconic songs like and the dance as well it is very similar to um the as far as like the feeling is very similar to the feeling of the Catalana performance um, from an Iric theater where like, oh my God, this is an amazing song and I'm so happy that they are covering it. It's a very similar feeling when Sunny and Roly Poly came out because those are just both iconic songs and to see the girls performing it was really cool. Uh, and Day Two's unit stages again, you know, like I, I had, we had mentioned earlier, like they performed the Eyes One songs in some shape or form one way or another and they, they performed the Eyes One songs in unit stages on day two and that's probably going to be the cut that makes it to the Blu-ray uh, unfortunately, right? But, um, you know, being able to see them perform these songs like Pink Blusher um, wearing all pink uh, I think I thought that was pretty interesting and I mean, come on, Joe Yuri's performing as a unit that's like the dream, isn't it? For Eyes One fans, come on, like you're, you're lying if it's not so I thought you know, even though day one was more fun as far as unit stages go and probably more entertaining as a, as a Wiz One, as an Eyes One fan, you know, day two having Pink Blusher and, and the Joe Yudis. And, you know, <laughs> I guess Day Dream was good too, right? I, I wouldn't skip that. I wouldn't skip that. I wouldn't um, exclude that. Like, I wouldn't forget about that. I, like, I'm happy that they did it. The acoustic performances, I thought that was pretty cool how they had acoustic sets for both nights that were pretty unique um i know alan's not really a fan of the up airplane spaceship set no 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 personally no, no. <laughs> i gotta i have to preface that i know in our chat it came off a little bit like that to me i love up airplane and spaceship i just don't like them truncated you know i i prefer like oh. hearing them all you know and that's what really upset me about the acoustic one it was like oh man they didn't go all out they didn't do a, a whole acoustic of each one i'm like oh they're playing up i bet they're gonna do airplane again 
oh this is great i can't believe they're playing airplane right after up oh man if they did spaceship that would be the best i oh they got me they did they were playing spaceship i was like ah are we going through this again so i understand this is these three are iconic together but for me i was kind of like i wish they didn't truncate it i did i wish they weren't just short versions i wanted all of it basically i mean yeah like uh, anyone any fan would have wanted full version full acoustic versions of these songs and like personally for me like if they release uh if they released all the acoustic songs that they did on an album i would like buy that in a heartbeat like for day one pre-order i'd be pre-ordering every version of their acoustic album because the acoustic sets um as far as how they performed it uh i really loved it and i thought that it was really cool to listen to (laughs) excuse me and i thought it was really cool to listen to these songs in a in a little bit of a different way and i liked how they went through it was kind of like a cheeky way of performing a majority of their discography or a lot of their b-sides and kind of just like speed run medley through it right yeah um but it was nice that it was done differently in the form of having an acoustic set and you know the acoustic set was also uh combined with a really cool backdrop and the really nice outfits so overall like personally for me like i really love the acoustic set i don't know how others might feel like like i said i can understand why you know it kind of sucks that they were short versions but um you gotta you gotta get you gotta get through the concert right and you can't perform you can't create and perform totally new versions of uh every single song right so or at least eight songs in this case they had but, um, they had their own uh, personal pastel uh, microphones at the time. I was like, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was one of the things that stood out to me uh, during the concert as well. Now it's great that you brought that up because I I love the fact that they all had their own uh, colored microphones. Um, I'm pretty sure I don't. I I, I think it might have been a gift from Wiz Ones to them. Uh, it, it seems too thoughtful for it a, for. It was, uh, it was a gift from the Easter for Bunny. the company to get. Sorry, it was a gift from the Easter Bunny. Oh, because <laughs> of the pastel colors. Yeah. But yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a gift from the the Wiz Ones, and I think it was actually mentioned somewhere. I just I don't remember. Uh, there's just like you know so much going on, right? So other than that, uh, let me see here. The unreleased. So the song that Yena produced. Uh, she didn't write the lyrics, but she produced the song. Was uh, it was called Lesson, which they. F- officially revealed and debuted on on the first day i was i really like that song and i I hope that it's available for streaming soon but um that was like definitely a highlight for me because yen is like one of my favorite members i i always call her the best duck and um you know i really love her on like variety shows and stuff like that she's just really funny and really a really fun member um for her to to be able to listen to a song that she made was really it felt really good it felt really really good and to for it to be also a song that was a good song i'd like there to be a korean version of the song i think the japanese the the original version is fine you know especially if you compare it to a lot of the other japanese releases i think it was a great a great song and that was definitely a highlight again you know both nights they performed uh, with one and like the first night i was like okay i there's not been a single performance from their music shows to kcon to um an theater when they performed with one i was like i'm gonna cry first night and then the second night i was like okay i can't cry two nights in a row but i cried two nights in a row for with one uh 
it's just such an amazingly written song. Um, the fact that Unbi put that song together, uh, it you know really is the icing on the cake. Plus just the way that they sing it. Um, and it was also around the end of the, the show. The members were emotional at that time. It was just really hard to not cry whenever I hear With One. Even like I listened to With One like a few days after the concert and I still ended up tearing up just from listening to it. So With One is always like a very emotional song for me. Yeah, I think that might be it. I mean, there's like more stuff that happened during the show, but um, th- those were kind of like the highlights for me. Wow. You uh, you you mentioned With One and I felt like in Oniric Theater, that was, that was the best song overall with the ar and everything i was like oh this this tore it tore me up at 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 the end after such a a hype feeling of a concert that time here i was like okay with one this is cool it's great they're all day one they were all okay i was okay until you see unbi crying at the end i was like fuck and that that's that's when it hit me i was like oh shit she is not she's not happy she's not gonna you know she's sad i don't want her to be sad and then day two they were they were dropping like dominoes i was like uh man i can't that that's when that's when the feelings were like starting to peak for me i was like fuck uh damn you with one so good. it's just the lyrics are so good like when i first heard it and they first performed it on one of the music shows i don't remember which one like i immediately started crying because it's just such a perfect song and already at the time i think it was like june right that oniric diary was released uh and they started performing already at the time i was since bloom eyes i was already bracing myself for the end you know the end of eyes one and you know when they were performing those songs for the first time it was just such an emotional song you know just the lyrics are so well done you know no matter what how whenever they perform it how they perform it if you you know listen to the song and you think about everything the lyrics the the two and a half years it's just such an emotional song especially for me so yeah just very happy with that with that stage Woo. Well, I think you guys probably went into the next question, but before I do that, I'm just going to keep my list short for highlights. Mainly, uh, anything Yena over the two days was fantastic. I mean, she was just insanely awesome throughout the two-day concert. Dude, the perfect duck. Can I, can I mention her eye makeup? Her eye makeup was so good. Like, in Oneiric Theater, Wanyang had, like, excellent eye makeup, and I was like, hook, right? And in, in this one, Yena had such good eye makeup, I couldn't stop looking at her. And then she was dangerous. She was dangerous showing her shoulder off, too. Yep. I was like, oh, Yena oh, fans yeah. are dying over here. <laughs> Yena fans are that like, was definitely a highlight. so much good stuff uh, with that jacket. <laughs> yeah, Yena, Yena fans were feasting that night. Oh, both nights. <laughs> Just killing it. Yep. So Yena definitely on fire both nights. What was the other thing I like? I like uh, the unit stages. Um, I agree with Unbi and the red dress. That was, yeah, that was pretty mind-blowing shit. He told me being a thug, I like that too. <laughs> I, I did like day two a little bit more, to be honest. Uh, oh, yeah. the Unisages? Yeah. Nice. Um, especially Roly Poly. <laughs> uh, uh, t- Wait, that's uh, day, day one? one? Or is it day two? Can't remember. Okay, day one. That's day okay. one. 
day two was the one where they're doing their own shit, right? Yeah, I did like yeah. um, the one I thought it was a Twice song. <laughs> it's like, oh shit, this is not a Twice song. Uh, oh, Pink, Pink Blusher. Blusher. It sounded um, so Twice to me for some reason. It's also a song I tend to skip on the album, but I, I did like that performance. But Yena and for day one, Yena Roly Poly pretty much carried that performance for me. Oh yeah. Um, my favorite B-sides were also performed, so I was looking forward to highlight. And I, my favorite song on the uh, one reeler was Merry-Go-Round, so I'm happy they did that. Without the extreme zooming out to see all the cool Merry-Go-Round effects, I'm, I'm glad they actually kept that to oh, a yeah. minimum. Yeah. I think, I think highlight... When Highlight was played, I think that's when I got up and started jamming out. I was like, oh, yes, Highlight's here. Let's, let me get up and dance around. I was like, fuck S- yeah. Sequence. 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 Yeah, sequence. But yeah. it was way it was way down. But I think I personally was like, fuck yeah, Highlight. I, and I was nowhere near my computer to tell you. So I was like, and Bialetta, Highlight and Bialetta, like, I have special attachments too. So. And um, as Ping mentioned, the acoustic sets were also really, really good. Yeah, it was a speed run, but but uh, it was a good speed run. I <laughs> yeah, mean, this... they, they went through a lot of songs I didn't think they would ever touch in a concert. That that was good for me. I don't know about everyone else out there, but I was I was pretty happy with what they did. And I am sick of the the set with airplane up and spaceship. Aww. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, that, that, that's great when they're back to back to back in full, but yeah, they, they tend to overuse that a little bit. I mean, they fit together perfectly. I mean, thematically, they're they're of pretty course, similar. Of course they do. But they did it in a different way, so it was enjoyable for me. But uh, yeah, the acoustic. But now, yeah, now, now I expect every time I hear up, airplane is afterwards, <laughs> and spaceship is afterwards. Well, I, I think that's that's their go-to thing, right? It's been like that forever, right? Since those those songs been released, that that those three songs must go together no matter what. I mean, there's not re- there wasn't really a lot of opportunities for them to put it together, and they put it together every opportunity that yeah, they had. Pretty so, much. <laughs> uh, I mean, there, it's not like they had a lot of life. Um, to be able, I mean, like if, if it was like if it was like ten years later and they were still performing those three songs together, maybe it would get kind of old. <laughs> but uh, you know, like again, I listened. We listened to their their title tracks tens of times, hundreds of times, watching them perform it. You know, being able to watch up airplane and spaceship uh, a few times uh, I, I don't know how you can get tired of it uh, i guess it's just uh you're kind of wanting more with with full versions of those songs i guess yeah but, yeah it, it's okay i mean it, at least they performed them they could have just skipped them all together uh, yeah i think i'd be upset if they didn't play those three songs at any point during the last few days so yeah there's some of the better b-sides that they have so yeah i mean that's just how concerts work you know you have a set amount of time you want to fit in as many songs as possible sometimes you got to do some speed runs and medleys in there so they were pretty good and i am also in agreement with if they ever have real studio versions of the acoustic versions of those songs i am buying that album stat i'm pretty sure those are hidden away somewhere in a vault in in Aki P's storage locker somewhere. <laughs> Unfortunately. I don't even know if we're going to get the uh, the two songs, the two new songs that they released those mm, nights. It's, it's possible they could release them later on, but it, it's highly unlikely because by now they should have been on streaming services. 
you know, maybe they'll package it together with the Blu-ray or something. Well, that's possible. Get more money, right? Here you go. You get. They'll find a way to make us pay for those songs. Yeah, you get Ice One's last song ever if you buy the DVD or 4K version only. Or a Kino kit or of some sort. I, I'd rather they have it. Re- I'd rather them release it than not. So hopefully, I don't care how they do it. I hope they no, do watch it. Watch it really. Watch them release it on cassette. That is a thing these days. I don't have a device to play that on. Oh, me neither. I threw all those devices away when I was a kid. <laughs> I don't have that shit no more. I don't even have a CD player anymore. <laughs> Everything's digital. Yeah, well, watch them put it on a vinyl. I can do that because I have a turntable, but yeah. Ooh, I love vinyl. Awesome. Let's move on to the final question of this topic. And I think you guys talked about it already. Like, when did you cry? <laughs> and you guys already mentioned when you cried. Uh, so I'm just going to open this topic up and say I didn't cry on the first day at the end of the first night uh, because I knew it wasn't really over but uh, on the second night uh, I was really trying hard to fight especially with Chaewon hyperventilating all over the place Uh, that was pretty tough to watch Uh, but what broke me was when Haewon thanked everyone for the dumplings that's what broke me (laughs) I know it's weird, but that's what broke uh, me. Thank you for the dumplings. Was that that the night? Was (laughs) night two when she mentioned that, and then like a little bit of snot came out, or was that night one? Yeah, it was night two, was when she thanked the staff for the dumplings every day. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's probably the weirdest moment to ever, you know, break down in tears, but that, that, that got me. But that's that's how Hyewon is, right? Like any, any was one knows, like Hyewon's affection for food and. And she's more of a emotional, she's more of a rock. She doesn't cry much. It's more of the other members and she's always like supporting them. So it was really weird. To she see cried her. both nights and yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I mentioned it earlier, but, um, Lavi and Rose both nights, uh, I teared up with one for sure. Um, but then like every, everything basically chapter six, which was the final part of the both night shows. Like it was just like nonstop, especially, you know, like during the speeches, right? Like you mentioned here one and like you said, she's, she's typically like an emotional uh, foundation, you know, like somebody that the girls can rely on and for her to break down as well. It was just a really rough moment, you know, Che one hyperventilating again. That, that was definitely like, it was like eight minutes of nonstop crying for me. And Yena as well, because, you know, like, Yena's like, Yena and Nako <laughs> in Eyes 1 are like so freaking adorable. And to see them that way on night two, it would just really hurt a lot. Um, even Eugene, Eugene is typically emotionally solid as well. And, um, you know, they started off with her on night two. They kind of went rev- uh one way in the first night and then another way in the second night. And the first night was done a little bit differently. It was a kind of a message to each other. Uh, whereas the second night was a message to Wiz One and the fans, you know, seeing the members like Hyewon, um and Eugene get that emotional, you know, just in itself emotional, right? Not to mention the words that they were talking about. You know, everyone, obviously, it was a very emotional night. A lot of words were said that, you know, pretty much were along the lines of thanking staff and uh, choreographers, the teachers, um, the trainers, and the fans. But like one of the moments that really hurt the most for me was when Minju gave her speech at the end of night two. And she mentioned something along the lines of, 
being alone again. And, you know, something like that, it just like really hurts because you think like the members that are part of the, the small companies like Keon and Minju, you just wonder like, what are they going to do? Like after Eyes 1, right? I really hope the best for them. I mean, Minju's, Minju probably has a good chance of being successful. She's like kind of an it girl when it comes to like advertising and she's on music core. But it's those words, like they really get you, I think. I, I don't know about like you guys, but like for me and I'm sure many others out there when she, when she said that she's going to be alone again. It just shows like how much Eyes One means to the girls, right? So... You know, I don't think anyone can say, oh, they're just faking it or the chemistry is not real after you see them pouring their hearts out on both nights to each other and to their fans, to the staff. It's been like a really difficult two and a half years with the, the vote manipulation scandal and the coronavirus. But yeah, I mean, it was just a... Yeah, it was a really difficult night, but yeah, at least, you know, it happened. So, you know, right, you just got to move on, but thankful that it happened. And the members, like, again, Eugene, Yena, Nako, uh, Unbi, Hyewon, Minju, Chewon. I mean, really all of them, right? Like, it was just, like, super emotional. But yeah, like, I think I pointed out, like, pretty much all the highlights when it comes to the speeches for me. Well, for me, like day one, when they were doing the surprise speeches, I thought that was cute and nice. I was like, oh, okay, this is nice for them to hear. This is great. It wasn't until with one before that that I was kind of like, uh-oh, this is this is tough because of Unbi. Day two, day two was kind of a wreck for a lot of people. And I was, I was reading through the discords and whatnot, how people were feeling. During the speeches, I was like, okay, this is, this is, this is it. This is Eugen starting. I know she's going to cry a lot. Okay, here it is. We, we got to prepare. Yena having a tough time. Oh man, this is, this is, this is no good. Chewan, Chewan, Chewan's not my favorite member, but this is probably the first time I've seen her show any, like show a ton of emotion, not showing any, but showing a ton of emotion. And it was totally she couldn't breathe. I was, I was so worried about her. I was like, somebody, somebody help her, somebody get her some water or something. You know, yeah, you could see soccer, like straight up staring her down just to make sure that, you know, she's okay and everything. And I was like, I was upset. I wasn't crying. I was more like upset. I was like, come on, you got this. You can go through it. Somebody help her, please. Somebody help her. And when she was, when she was done, you could see, you could see soccer went over there to like, you know, give her water, give her a hug and everything. I was like, Oh gosh, at least, that was, that was painful. That was painful. Yuri Yuri was tough, but I think she pulled through. Nako was a little bit different. I was really, really feeling for her because uh, I think a couple weeks ago, her her grandmother passed away. And I was like, oh, she's got to do this too? Are you, are you kidding me? This sucks, you know? Uh, this sucks for her. And it wasn't until like the last half, right? Sakura felt like she's a professional. She's gone through this stuff before. And she, she, she really... She laid her emotions out, even said everything in, in Japanese as well. So I felt like she was okay, but it was like Wan Young and on. I was like, uh oh, this is this is gonna hurt me. Wan Young was crying. I was like, fuck. Unbi, like man, she's my favorite, and she is like these were the happiest moments of of my life. Or like, wow, are you kidding me? Unbi, she's 
sorry she she's just had such a she's had a tumultuous careers from what i understand yes right so she this is not her first rodeo apparently and this was like her baby this was like her group she was the leader too and i was like man she's feeling this everybody's feeling it i'm like there's there's no way who was next i think i think hitomi was next and Hichan's been my favorite and AKB48 teammate for for so long that it 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 hurts it still hurts when she's upset I'm like don't be upset and of course she was saying that she was upset she was having stomach aches still so just like you were saying about Minju Minju's my like one of my favorites she's like my second favorite so uh to to say that she was gonna feel alone again i was like god damn and you know <laughs> this is this is so tough i was like no you're not alone everybody everybody in the discord was like you we we're here you're not alone you'll always have us i'm like and then shayon i thought she was gonna be a wreck but she apparently had already cried too much that she couldn't do it anymore so i was actually like pretty proud of pretty proud of her like pulling through and then heywon man heywon uh i fucking love i fucking love heywon and the fact that she can hold it like it's rare to see her cry her eyes out and even if it was funny or whatnot but it was tough to see her that way and i was like fuck this is this is when it this is when i was like i was sad and then then she threw it back to unbi because unbi had to you know introduce the last last song and she she like hand hands on her face like was in pain like i i was like fuck that's it i'm done i i was like i was like i can't this this sucks this sucks i was more i think i was more mad in retrospect i was like i kept thinking this is bullshit I, one they should be they should be in front of fans they should be in front of these ones this is not fair two this is just selfish I should be there. I was like, man, I should be there. I should be in Korea right now. I should be watching with a whole bunch of fans. And there wouldn't be as many tears. We'd all be happy. And and I was like, I was just more upset. I was like pissed. I, I, I don't know if I was pissed, but I was like generally upset that I felt like they kind of got a raw deal out of all this. Yes, it was great to see them. Yes, it was great to have a concert. But man, there was no way anybody could have predicted that. No one could have predicted COVID-19 was going to happen, the the vote manipulation, the hiatus and everything. Man, and they were still around and they got hate for still being around. I was more upset, angry, than upset, sad about it. To The one thing that kind of topped it off was, of course, seeing... Uh, Seeing the Wiz ones, uh, the Wiz ones at the end when they were when they surprised the girls by singing um, "Slow Journey" at the end, I was like, "This is cute." It made me it made me happy. I was like, "Oh, cool!" They they coordinated a a select few of fans and they pulled a WWE Thunderdome and they had the fans on the screens and they were waving their glow sticks and they were singing. They were all unified, so it was a lot better than what WWE's ever done, but. And then the girls just was, they were happy and sad to see Wee's ones. But I guess it sucks to see them on a screen as opposed to being in person. But that that cheered me up a little bit. I was like, oh, that is the sweetest thing. That Who who knew? I didn't even, I didn't even realize that they pulled a bunch of fans. And it, it didn't look like just Korean fans, too. There were people of all races up in there. The fact that that didn't get leaked out or anything, I was like, that's really cool. It had a nice little happy button near the end. So for me, I was like, 
I was okay. I was okay at that point. I, I wasn't feeling upset or angry anymore. But uh, in retrospect, I was like, fuck, this shouldn't be happening this way. None of this should be happening this way. But <laughs> if you weren't feeling anything watching any of these, any of the speeches or any of the uh, uh, video packages that they did, man, you want, you want unfeeling uh, soul, man. You, you empty in the soul. You got to have uh, a little bit more empathy and sympathy in your life these days. And uh, it was going to hit you no matter what. So I don't think, I don't think any type of preparation could have, uh, could, uh, could help me at that point. That was, that was me, man. I was, I was, I, I went through the gamut. I went through, I went through happy and sad and upset and pissed and, and everything all in that little hour. If you can believe it, that last hour was all of them having speeches and all of them crying. And I was like, who, who can handle all this? This is like torture, you know, but these ones, uh, they got to stick it through the end. We got to hear from each and each girl. We had to. And, uh, man, and it, it, it tore a bunch of us up. So it was, it was a tough listen. It was a tough listen, but glad we, uh, glad we made it through. Yeah. I mean, I was bracing myself for over a year, you know, like basically since around blue eyes, I was already preparing for the end and, you know, bracing myself for the emotional, you know, flood that was going to happen here. And it didn't really help. There's nothing you can really do uh, unless you have like an ice heart, like uh, like Alan was saying. But um, I'm glad that you mentioned Slow Journey a little bit because when I first listened to Slow Journey, I didn't actually really think too much of the song. I probably should have in hindsight um, realized, you know, based on the lyrics, like what the song was going to mean in the future. But um, for them to perform it on day one, it was a really fitting end to the show. And for day two, to have the foresight to think like, oh, the girls probably <laughs> are not going to be in performing condition after giving their speeches and to prepare the Wiz One set. It kind of all made sense um, how they had the, you know, prepared the video to to really finish off the show. And it was it was a feel good moment, honestly, um, even though. You know, it was sad because it was over. It felt good. It was a good punctu- punctuation mark to the end of the the concert series, and it was, in my opinion, I don't think that there could have been a better end to both nights' shows. I don't think there could have been a fitting, a better, better ending to, or or more fitting ending to both nights' shows. Um. Yeah, I don't really have a lot to add to that. I think it, the the whole surprise. Uh, with the fans, the video, the serenade at the end. I'm pretty sure if it was a live event and we were there, we would probably be doing the same thing. So I, I, I don't think it would be any yeah. different, to be honest. Just that still They'd be crying, still be, crying. Uh, still be singing badly off key, screaming our bias's name. Speak for yourself. <laughs> I'd be perfect. Oh, yeah, and, uh, I'd be perfect. Yeah, you're a karaoke master. Unbi would want to marry me because of my sweet melodic dulcet tones of slow journey. The, those siren, <laughs> siren sounds that uh, Alan right. produces. <laughs> Alan's uh, Barry White walrus of love tones. But um, I will, I will always have my engagement ring ready and prepared. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I definitely think, yeah, that having the fans send them off was probably the best way of doing it rather than seeing the group try to suffer through a 
through a song crying their eyes out probably wouldn't have been a, a good performance anyway but yeah def- definitely the better option to to let them go in peace hey we even we even got credit at the end man we did they said we's won at oh the yes end. that's right yeah. <laughs> that. but yeah did you did you give your um did you give your uh, your take on like which member's speech moved you the most? Be honest, probably Che Wan. Uh, the eight minutes of hyperventilating probably was the most, like Alan said, the most emotion I've ever seen from her ever. Uh, other than um, her desire to be center in that one produced forty eight song, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> Wow, I just had a flashback to that. I was watching that last night. I that's go back to that's that again. why I remember it. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's probably the most emotional I've ever seen her be. She's usually pretty uh, stoic, much like Hey Wan and Eugene. But uh, yeah, that was pretty tough to to make it through. Hey Wan, of course, as I mentioned, thank you for the dumplings and all that other stuff. Minju, definitely uh, feel bad for her. Uh, mainly because, yeah, it kind of sucks to go from being in a large group for two years to being by yourself again, which really blows. I mean, anyone who's worked in a team can probably relate to that somehow. But uh, I, I would say those are the ones that really that really hit me. And I guess, like, I could say the Japanese members, but as Alan said, they're pretty much pros at this whole graduation stuff. So, I mean, it's not like they've, they've never been they've, to it before. Yeah, they've seen this rodeo a few times. Probably Hitomi is the one that I feel the most sorry for right now. But uh, that those are the ones that probably would have affected me the most, remembering back to last weekend. Were those the were those the moments that you shed those manly tears? Oh, uh, yeah. The, I, I tried to hold back as much as I could. I mean, the floodgates did open a little bit uh, through each member. But it's definitely Hey Wan who who pretty much burst the floodgates open there. For some reason, that that line got me so bad that, yeah. <laughs> when, you're, when you're trying, I think it got a lot of people. When you're trying to uh, think all the positives, and sometimes it's it's the little things like that. You know, you thank your staff, and sometimes you thank them for, you know, hooking you up with the best food and dumplings were on our mind. <laughs> yeah, apparently. I mean, it was just so. It was like a really wholesome moment, and it was like peak Hyewon. It just made so much sense. It was so endearing at the same time as being emotional and fun and sad, and it was like like almost every emotion that you can think of, you could feel at that time. It was just a really good moment. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely a feel good moment in uh, in a flood of tears. Definitely, but if you didn't at least shed a tear. Like you said, you are kind of heartless or an ice queen or ice king or you really didn't care about the group at all in the first place. Yeah, that definitely was one of the more emotional, idol graduation type things that I've had to see in my time anyway as an idol fan. All right. So now that the concert is over and Eyes One is officially over, let's look forward to what the members might be doing post Eyes 1. So which members have the best chance of succeeding outside of Eyes 1? And uh, let's have a caveat here. Um, there are some members who are rumored to be going to other groups within their agencies. So we'll include their possible futures there as well. 
So who wants to go first in regards to who you think will be the best out of, outside of Eyes 1? I think, I mean, it's easily, like if I were to make a bet like with money, the easy bet is Sakura, right? Like she is already, she was famous and popular before Eyes 1. She's going to be popular after Eyes 1, right? Isn't that like the safest bet? Regardless of what she ends up doing, she's going to be the most successful one, uh, like straight up. Like, I don't think it's even a question. Like, am I wrong? Oh, no. I, I am totally with you on that one. I'm totally with you on that like, one. Like, I don't think there is any, like, if you were to bet money, like, if somebody came up to you and you said, hey, 100 bucks, who do you think is going to be the most successful member in Eyes 1? The safest bet is going to be, you know, the best odds for you to win is going to be Sakura, right? There's just, like, so much potential for her mm-hmm. in every market just because of her fan base. And just without a doubt, she, she doesn't really need much to be to just keep it going, right? So the better question really is for everyone else. Like out of the 11 members that are not Sakura, what are the chances of them succeeding or what are they going to be doing, right? So personally for me, I, like I mentioned earlier, it's really difficult for, it's really difficult to find success in the, the Korean music industry and the Korean entertainment industry. And, you know, it shows with the IOI members, despite their popularity, one-on-one, despite their popularity, many of them are not as successful as they could be, or, you know, that... It still yet remains to be seen. Um, a lot of the one one members are still building their individual careers, and they're doing quite well. Especially like my favorite member, Kang Daniel, is doing really well for himself and continuing to grow. But uh, and you know, like some of the other one one members, they are you know doing into acting and, and some of the solo stuff. They're they're doing relatively well, and I, I assume that they're going to continue to grow in the future. But a lot of the IOI members. Um, not so lucky, right? Uh, Gugudan disbanded. Uh, Wikimiki is not, they're not highly favored right now. I, I do believe that they will continue to grow still. Um, Somi is kind of still getting her feet under her. Um, Sejong is kind of, Sejong would probably, Sejong and Doyeon would probably be considered some of the more popular members that are successful. Um, but even like Mina, like Kang Mina, she was the host of Music Core for a while, but then now Gugudan's done. Like, what what is she doing, right? I, I guess she's like a model for like advertising. So when you look back at the history of Produce 101 groups, it's it it makes it difficult to see like okay are these members are these girls going to be successful and obviously i hope that they do become successful uh, but i always felt that the, the the members that had the best chance of success would be unbi um yena and cheon that was probably you know when eyes one was first formed those were my thoughts just because of the the raw talent that they have um, plus the agencies that they are under and the potential for them to grow it just made so much sense that unbi cheon and yena would have the most likely would have the highest likelihood of succeeding in conjunction with unbi since they're in the same agency cheon right um but you know, two and a half years later, um, I do still think that those three would probably have a really good chance of success uh, going forward, you know, better than the others. But I do think that out of the members, obviously, I, 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 I said those three, but actually thinking back at it, uh, Eugene and Young probably are very high likelihood of them succeeding as well, just because of the visual aspect of, of those two girls. Like, even if they don't continue doing K-pop, even if they... 
even you know i'm sure in some form or another you're going to be seeing them on korean media just because of their visuals um but outside of that i think you know like minju was kind of the one that i didn't really expect much from but i do believe that she will be relatively successful going forward the ones that i'm kind of more worried about are like hyewon and Tomi, yeah, like those two, I'm kind of wondering like what what's in their future and how successful will they be? I kind of envision Hyewon to be along the lines of Kim Sohye from um, IOI. I think she'll go down that road and I think they will both end up being successful in the future and they're still both very young so and in the field that I expect them to go into, um, it's not really around like you're in your early 30s where you start really becoming, you know, considered very successful in the entertainment industry. So I, I do expect that they, you know, maybe in the future, maybe, you know, 10 years from now, they will actually be uh, some of the more successful members uh, out of the Eyes One, you know, former Eyes One uh, group. So, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of different ways that I can go. You know, I, I think maybe the biggest question is probably Tomi. What is she going to do? Is she going to go back to Japan and develop her career in Japan? Or is she going to push herself in the music industry and maybe leave Japan and go into the K-pop industry? Um, there's a lot of questions, a lot of what ifs, a lot of uh, potential there because uh, the Japanese market is very strong. And, uh, you know, there's no, uh, there's just, a, a, I think, I, I believe that there's a lot of options for her in the Japanese market. The question is if she wants to take those options or if she wants to do something else, because um, I think she's a very ambitious, I think she's a very ambitious girl and a very ambitious member. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if she decided to take on more challenges, even if it didn't lead to the same uh, success that she could have in Japan. Alan, what are your thoughts? Best chance, I agree, with Sakura. She, she's, she's got the whole package at the moment, so she was popular before, she's popular currently, and she'll be popular in the future. Enough for her that there were rumors of her joining Big Hit. I mean, that's, like, that's even just a, a rumor on that was, like, monumental. So 100%, Sakura's got the best chance to succeed out of the girls. If it was a second, I think Yena, she's been variety queen in the group for quite a while. And in fact, she still has some shows lined up uh, for her in the future. So I don't feel like she'll have a, a shortage of work just yet. Unbi, I want, I will probably follow her uh, the most out of all the other girls just because she's my favorite. I want to see her succeed. I want, I, I'm actually curious about what she's going to do. She's the oldest. She's the oldest of the group. There's a lot of things she can do. I don't know if she's going to be put into another group or if she wants to be put into another group. I know people are like, yeah, let's throw her and Chaewon and Rocket Punch. And I'm like, no, cool. no. I, I, I guess I'm like, I don't think, uh, I don't think so. Yenna, Yenna and Everglow. I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. She'll be my fourth favorite member oh, of Everglow. <laughs> so <laughs> happy second anniversary, Everglow. I can't, so, I can't way, wait for an Everglow with Yenna. I'm so excited. <laughs> she still, she will still be my fourth favorite. So, and again, that's because her agency is who they are, and I, I feel like she'll, I feel like adding her would not hurt the group in fact i think she the the group would benefit having her there again i'm not used to when other members jump to other groups that that kind of feels weird to me but 
I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind seeing it. I I I love Everglow now, so I wouldn't mind seeing the duck there. Especially, if I just they think like yeah. I think it's just like a really good fit. Like in a lot of cases, I don't think it works. But I think, like for example, you mentioned Unbi and Chewon to Rocket Punch. I don't think that makes sense. Maybe Chewon, but not Unbi. Um, especially since Yoni's the leader there, um, it'd be just a really weird dynamic. But when it comes to Yena and Everglow, like Yena is just so close to the members as far as like friendship wise, um, and also the concept. She fits the concept really well. And I think for overall balance in the group, I think it just makes a lot of sense if Yena goes to Everglow. So I'm really, uh, I'm actually part of the Everglow fan club. <laughs> so I'm like, I consider myself a, an Everglow fan of forever. Um, so I'm really looking forward to hopefully for Yena to uh, to join Everglow. For me, I, I wouldn't mind. I don't know how other fans feel about her joining I, I don't I don't think I, I've seen too much backlash on having Yenna just jump over. I don't look at people's opinions on Everglow that much lately, so I I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind. Let's see. So I feel like Wanyang Wanyang's gonna have success her way. She could be coasting for the rest of her life, and I feel like success is gonna find her in some shape or fashion, whether she's put into another girl group or if she does modeling or if she does something different. I think the the road for her is pretty e- pretty easy. I feel like Eugen's going to have it a little bit tougher, but she's already showing that she wants to do a little more things that are a little bit more responsible, like MC and things like that. So, but for me, gosh, hard time, hard time. I, I'd ha- I'd I'd have to agree. Hewan might have the hardest time out of the members. I'm scared to say Yuri because I I love her so much, but. I don't know where she would go. I mean, I don't, I don't know a, a group that needs a vocal or anything like that. I don't know what she would do. I, I, I don't see her doing any solo work or anything. So I feel like, uh, I feel like, Henyo will have a have a hard time uh, going on going forward. I think Cheon Cheon's a lock to do anything that she wants. So. Um, whether she becomes like a choreographer in the future, that's always open to her. Nako and Sakura, I feel like, I feel like HKT wants to do one last ride, one last single with them. Just because HKT has always been kind of, kind of like very close as a 48 group, anyways. So they've always been supportive of their stuff in Eyes One. So I feel like they'd be welcomed back with open arms. I think they'll do one more single. And then it's graduation for those two. I feel similar with Itomi, except I don't know the makeup of Team 8 anymore. Uh, uh, I'm I just going to interject there. Uh, Hitomi going back to Team 8 is a death sentence, basically. Yeah, I feel I feel like nobody talks about Team 8. <laughs> nobody talks about Team 8. Uh, even, even, even through the 48 stuff, no one... Like, Team 8 was a great group uh, for a while, but it, it felt like... Hichan took all took all the hype with her. Like, was it Okabe Rin? Didn't she go center? And Yu Yui, they they just took all the steam out of Team Eight. Anyway, so I feel like I feel like she will make a quick trip to Japan and then come back to to Korea. She she even said she's like she's happy she can ride she can ride the subway by herself now. <laughs> so she I feel like she loves Korea a lot that she can she can go back 
for me, I don't I don't think I would follow any more any more forty eight stuff. Only because on principle, I feel like the whole Gaijin ban that's going on with Japan and all that stuff right now, like it it does not. I don't want to seek out all the stuff anymore. I don't want to. I don't want to find fan subs that are going to be fan subbed like a, a week later than later than they're supposed to. I don't want to go through a proxy to buy stuff anymore. It's just, it, it's not possible. And it's even more complicated. And I know Japan's a huge market and they don't need our money, but it's just so much easier on the K-pop side. Like I have local stores that I can go to to buy goods. I'd have to load up CD Japan or Yes Asia again if I wanted to order any more Japanese stuff. And I haven't done that in almost three years and almost four years. So I don't know if I can go back to doing that stuff. And it sucks because for Sakura and Nako, they weren't my favorites in HKT. In fact, I love their, I always liked their rivals better. <laughs> but I had, I was like such an HKT like fan. Like I, when they went to produce, I was like, of course I'll support them. No, no problem. But if they go back, I'm like, I don't know if I, I don't know if I could follow an extended career for them. I would like to see them be more accessible somewhere else. And I know so many people here that never knew about Hichan, Nako, and Sakura until they were in Eyes 1. And they never knew about their Japanese uh, history and they never heard of HKT48 or they never heard of AKB48. Kind of hurt. It kind of blows my mind a little bit that they've never heard of them, but that's the nature of Japanese music. It's not as accessible to everybody else out here in you know in the Western world. And it feels like going. I don't. I don't know. I'm torn. Like I. I don't know if I want to go through the pain of trying to do all that stuff again. It's tough. It was just so much easier <laughs> when they were in Eyes 1. I was like, Ugh. I, I still have a Heechan, what is it, on my light stick. I have a Heechan accessory because I remember when the light sticks came out, there were so many people buying all the attachments that the only one that I could get was Heechan, and it was the last one. I was like, fuck, how am I supposed to do this before? <laughs> if people keep buying all their shit, and I was like, ugh. And then I can't even get their shit in Japan. It's like, this This sucks. So uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I would, me personally, I'd like to see them maybe do one more single so they can get a formal graduation and get it out their system. And maybe the 48 fans will be content with them finally coming back and doing one thing. And then I just want to see them, you know, blossom in their careers outside of, outside of Japan. But yeah, that's, uh, so for me, Unbi, Yena... I feel like I would follow them. Those two are probably the the two that I would follow. It, I, I, it's already going to be hard trying to follow 12 members of a former group, but probably those two would my best bet. Damn. Uh, I'm going to be in agreement with Sakura being the most successful out of Eyes 1. I mean, that's pretty damn obvious. She's going to get hype. She's not going to suffer a Gaijin ban. No. Everybody is going <laughs> to... <laughs> give her money no matter what yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty sure that as soon as she goes back to japan she's pretty much out they'll probably try to convince her to stick it out but i think she's got better prospects outside of the 40 system other than that anyone not named sakura um i'm gonna go with the starship girls i mean they have money printed all over them pretty much uh eugene has been doing modeling and stuff and 
appearing in other people's videos before Eyes One, and I'm pretty sure she can do other stuff like that after. So it's not like she's going to be lacking for work. And Wan Young, pretty much the same. I mean, she's young. Uh, she's only going to get prettier as she ages. So, I mean, she could become a model. She could become a solo singer. She could be put in another group. Uh, they could do a whole bunch of stuff with her at Starship. Who knows? She's going to grow like six uh, inches taller. Yeah, she's going to become like a basketball player. So she's probably <laughs> going to end up being like seven foot by the time she's uh, 20. So, I mean, she could be a volleyball player. Who knows? Yena definitely will continue to be successful outside of Eyes One, whether it's Variety or if she gets dropped into Everglow. Both are probably pretty good options for her. And that's pretty much it. I mean, uh, I think every other member is just going to have a pretty damn hard time figuring out what they're going to do. I agree with Heiwan. Heiwan's going to be like, she's on a small agency. Uh, she has lots of potential, but whether they give her opportunities to reach that potential, who knows? Yuri is on Stone Music. She could be like a soundtrack queen, maybe. Do OST songs, <laughs> possibly. But I mean, she could be a, a good solo singer if given the chance. I mean, but but uh, yeah, I, I don't really know what will happen to Yuri after this is all over. Minju probably will play the dark horse and end up being the most successful out of all of the members for some reason. I just don't see her going away. She, she probably will end up either being a talent or a model or something. If only. Let's go, Minju. Yeah. I got you. I mean, the, the Wulim girls, like Unbi, normally in, in the Japanese market, she's past her expiration date. But uh, in Korea, she still has a chance to, to be something. But I don't know what. I don't think she should be put into rocket punch. That's a dumb idea. <laughs> I don't think that should ever, ever happen. She could either be a solo singer or just start fronting her own group. Uh, che Wan probably could be a solo singer. She has potential. She might be better in a girl group for now, whether it's Rocket Punch or something paired up with Unbi and a bunch of other trainees. Not sure. For the Japanese members, I'm pretty sure Hitomi's fucked. Uh, she should get the hell out of the 48 system as soon as possible. Because like looking at some of the Japanese fans and how they're talking about, oh, Nako's coming back, Sakura's coming back. No one mentions Hichan whatsoever. They don't even know who she is anymore. I, I think she's better off leaving Team 8 and Team B and going back to Korea. Was she was she concurrent in Team B? I totally forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, wow. she's concurrent. Like, even that, like, no one remembers that she's on Team B, right? <sighs> Man. So, I mean... I failed you, Hee-chan. Yeah, she's, she's fucked if she goes back. So, Hee-chan, just, just graduate as soon as possible and go back to Korea. And Nako, I don't even know what the hell they would do with Nako in in HKT other than team her up with Tanaka Miku again. But I mean, that, that can only run so long. I mean, honestly, like Nako and Sakura probably outclassed the entire 48 team already just because of their training in Korea. So, I mean, doing all those shitty HKT songs and dancing to all those crappy choreography, it probably won't satisfy them anymore. They're gonna, who knows? They're gonna just coast through it. They're just gonna be on, yeah. on autopilot. I'm like, oh, hey, this yeah, is not hard uh, no more. I'll, I'll <laughs> Yeah, because a lot of the 48 choreography choreography compared to 
say like even a D level K-pop group, like the D level K-pop stuff would be harder than the 48 stuff. Hey, I yeah, I don't see them having a good time out there. Even I knew how to do some of them HKT 48 dances. So that's right. I'm I'm hoping that when the three Japanese members go home, they get their proper send off from the 48 system and just go back to Korea. It's probably a better better prospect pool of jobs for them out there than than in Japan. It's just a better career move for them. If if they want to continue, you know, I I don't see like going back home or going back to, you know, who where you got started. I don't see how you can benefit from that. I don't feel like that's the best decision for them personally, and it feels like I know some people are just big 48 they fly that flag and it's like oh they gotta come back and they gotta do their duty i'm like nah nah man they they gone (laughs) they done you know some people are like hella upset that if they go be successful somewhere else and they don't come back i'm like dude they're hella successful you should be happy that they're successful i agree with you greg they do their one last thing and try to try to uh graduate with with uh the best that they can they can't even knock out their current graduations you know it isn't like jarena and all them still like on the one-year wait list to graduate so yeah like the jarena graduations forever postponed yeah and it's like the the last one i remember was shiraishi mai and i was like okay she got her graduation and everybody else has just been postponed it's like what do you what are you gonna do people can't do their virtual handshakes people aren't you know, people are being excluded if you're not Japanese. It's like, it's 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 just, I don't know. I feel like I understand. Yeah. Do the thing. You're back home. Hey, I'm back home too. But once uh, <laughs> once I find something good, I'm gonna go back. I'm go- gonna go back to what made me happy. What brought me the most popularity. What continued my career. And I, I totally feel like those three should do the thing and come back to uh, Korea. Yep, I agree. I just want to go slightly off topic because you brought up the Gaijin band. So for those who don't follow Japanese idols, we just want to bring some light to this. Uh, so some of the 48 groups and a lot of the 46 groups in Japan have started to not accept uh, applications from outside of the country. So if, say, for example, if I applied for a handshake ticket uh, in Canada and they see that I go through a proxy, uh, they're going to immediately disqualify my handshake ticket, even though I paid the money for it. So that, that, that's what Alan's And I don't think about. you can, like, trick it anymore. I know people used to put, like, AKB's theater address or something like that or some sort of address and they even check that now too so it's not like you can you can trick it or anything it's like man that sucks you know i hope i really hope that doesn't like catch on in other entertainment because that would just be bullshit like if new japan i know new japan is not 48 but can you imagine like hey if if your address is outside of japan you can't watch new japan world or you can't fly to fly to watch Russell Kingdom or anything like that. That would just be insane. That that hurts my head trying to think about that. Well, I can tell you right now, just trying to get concert tickets the last couple of years, it's uh, it's becoming a lot more difficult for foreigners to actually get valid concert tickets to anything, whether it's idols or not. 
either you have to become part of the mobile fan club and have a Japanese phone number, you need a Japanese credit card, you need a Japanese address. If you go to the resellers or the scalpers, uh, they're cracking down on that too. So now you can't get those tickets anymore, even though they're readily available. They won't give them to you. They won't let them sell uh, because they want just legal purchases to come through. If you're a J-pop fan, it's uh, it's getting really hard to actually enjoy your music while you're in Japan. <laughs> so uh, that, that's why I think uh, the K-pop, the whole K-pop thing is a little bit more convenient just because they do cater to folks outside of Korea a little bit better. And a, there's a lot, a lot less by us for there's like a lot of the lot less of the bufu or the bias fuck you mentality that Japan has. Yeah, de- definitely. If you are a listener and you enjoy K- J-pop, uh, just realize that it's becoming a lot harder for you to actually see your favorite acts in Japan or get tickets to those acts just because. Uh, well, they don't want your money, basically. And that um, and that really that sucks. And that really disappoints me uh, as a as an Eyes One fan because what if you caught on to Eyes One and your favorite member is one of the Japanese, the J Line members, and you want to support them in the future? It's gonna be hella difficult, and you're gonna go into this thinking like, oh yeah, it's gonna be easy. I you know I'll just order. I'll order, you know, HKT singles, and you find out it's not as easy to order HKT singles. It's it's so it's just like another, it's another little thing on top of like like how I feel like Eyes One kind of got screwed in the whole thing. It's just like, man, they got to deal with COVID and they got to deal with scandal, and now the J Line has to deal with with this. And it's like, ah, this sucks. This sucks. Yep. So if you, yeah, as Alan said, if you're a fan of the J Line, uh, you're going to have to go through infinite hoops to even get to them if you want to do a virtual handshake or a video call or whatever the hell they're doing now. Yeah, it's it's going to be a pretty hellish time for you if you want to see them in Japan. So good luck to you. I hear I hear showroom still a thing, right? I can can I throw my towers at them? My hundred dollar towers at them. Oh yeah, you can drop those towers all you want. <laughs> I wonder what kind I'm of. Sure I wonder if they block that too, but that'd be that'd be so weird. But anyways, I can't I can't do showroom after after V lives and other things like that now. So yeah, you you've noticed a difference, huh? I can't watch through. I I don't care about the crowd anymore. I can't watch through that little window. It's it was such a gimmick when it was out years ago, and it's still a gimmick now. I'm like, ugh, uh, it's so off putting. But uh, that's our little rant about the Gaijin ban. And okay, so this is the final topic for the night. Uh, this is basically our thoughts on Eyes One and what they have meant to us. So, gentlemen, I will give you the floor. Uh, please feel free to express your thoughts as eloquently as possible. Someone decide to go first. <laughs> Alan, go first. I'll, I'll go. I have to thank Eyes One for a lot. I have to thank them a lot. I would not have followed them if I didn't go into Produce 48. So seeing a lot of my favorite 48 girls try their best <laughs> at at a Produce show, at a project show, even when I believed it was real, <laughs> I was like, okay, I got to see what's up. And I was always super, super casual about K-pop, 
but this was kind of like this kind of opened the door i was like wow this opened my eyes about like project groups and the training and what they went through and the voting and i was involved i was like man when i first thought it was real i was like man this is great this is gonna be a cool group they were i remember the times when like i mentioned this earlier i was watching produce 48 when i was uh working at apple at cupertino and i was like i always remember trying to keep up with the show while i was out there i was listening to a lot of the a lot of the uh you know their unit stages at the time i was listening to their stuff on on my breaks and stuff so i was like man this is great i started adding like you know the real tracks you know i i remember listening to a lot of cara <laughs> mama mia i've always heard of mama mia years and years ago and but i was like that was like in my rotation forever uh a lot of that time that i spent out there i i remember i remember staying up to watch the finale i was like I was like, okay, I can roll with this group. Let's see how it works. And I, I was, I was hooked at that point. I was watching V lives and I was downloading V lives, and somebody was subbing them the next day. I was like, oh, this is perfect. You know, I, I, where was this before? Why did nobody tell me about this stuff? I wasn't just in that little bubble of eyes one. I was learning about other groups as well. I started listening to other podcasts about other groups and I slowly was starting to listen to other music and I was like, wow, this is a whole different world that I I always knew was there, but I I didn't really invest my time into it. And now I'm glad I have. I mean, I saw so much benefit. Like I I have friends here in Houston that are just straight up my k-pop friends before covid happened we'd all hang out we'd all go karaoke we, we would drink soju uh, go karaoke sing karaoke karaoke songs i'm horrible at korean songs so i'm still kind of like working my way through that but there 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 was even a k-pop skate night tonight that uh some of my friends put together and i was like i haven't gone to one in a while and i was like i was like i, I wouldn't i'm still kind of covid phobic but it would have been cool to see them again and you know we just have fun and talk k-pop all the time then we got to do like man i remember i remember seeing itsy live and i remember seeing 17 those are like my last two concerts if it wasn't for eyes one i would not have listen to anything else we got to go to kcon and be press at la i was like this is great this is amazing we're doing some pretty cool shit all because we were fans of this group and i have a lot of emotional attachment to that granted because i started liking other groups i think i think after the first year i wasn't following eyes one as as hardcore as uh, i did in the past so a lot of times I was like, I would catch up on them. Okay, they released a new single, cool, I'll catch up on them. I was just so involved in so many other other groups I probably have a higher emotional attachment to now. Uh, but I probably wouldn't have done it if it wasn't for them. I owe them a lot of happiness. Uh, they were one of the groups that I listened to during COVID, you know, with the whole COVID stuff, watching some of their old stuff kind of like made the day go by, <laughs> you know, I, I, I lost, I, everybody knows I've lost my job uh, around the COVID time. So it was like, okay, what do I do to stay busy? 
hey, I rewatched some uh, some old Eyes One stuff. It was great. It was great to see and laugh again, and it was awesome. I'm still I'm upset that it's over. I knew I already dealt with it. I was kind of like, okay, you know what? 2.5 years, cool. That's your hard date. I'm okay. I'll I'll have I'll have found other other things to do by then. But when you're when you're there for that last concert and you're like, fuck, man, this is not the way it's supposed to be. It, it would have been cool to say goodbye in person. You know, I I would have made the trip with you guys. I would have gone to Korea. We would have chilled with Eyes One, and we would have recorded a podcast then in a hotel room talking about this stuff. But uh, with the way that things turned out, I'm I'm I I'm like the other Wee's ones. There's still a, a little hole that feels like it could be filled with more Eyes One. But unfortunately, that's not uh, that's not how it's going to be. So it was a goodbye. It wasn't like the best goodbye or anything like that. It's kind of like when you know a relationship is over and you had your great moments and you had your bad moments and things like that, but you know you have to say goodbye. It felt like one of those moments. And I feel like with Eyes One, man, it's, it's, I'm just more, I'm just upset that the way the world has been and the way that we had to deal with it, you know? We can't even get fools to wash your hands for 30 seconds and put on a mask, you know? And it's 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 so it's the little things like that, like fuck, I can't even go to fucking Korea to go see to go see one of my one of my favorite groups. It sucks. So I know people are upset and angry and they want to put blame on anything that they can and whether it be the group themselves, the the particular agencies, or or whatnot. I feel like once everybody gets it out their system, they'll they'll be happy that they spent hopefully good energy with this group and what they reflected on. For me, I, I'm just I'm I'm happy. I'm glad that I followed them and I have all this uh, great music to listen to now f- outside of them. I don't like having, um, what do they say? Variety is the spice of life. Like I, I love, I love me some cheesecake, but I can't eat cheesecake every night. You gotta save cheesecake for some special occasion sometimes. And I felt like that with, uh, with Eyes One. Maybe I'll go through and watch some of those old D lives again. The, the ones that when they're going all crazy and they're (laughs) saying things they shouldn't be and dancing songs when they shouldn't be and spoiling stuff when they shouldn't and i just think it's gonna be funny seeing oh wow i remember when they weren't supposed to even talk about this and they did and or the crazy the crazy v live in bangkok or the missing v lives (laughs) uh just so many just so many good moments and but yeah let me raise a, a glass to them i have very little left but i have one for them i think ping said it uh ping said it earlier not earlier on the show but earlier through his socials it's like i i i was in the same boat where it's like don't cry because it's over smile because it happened and i was i was really feeling that i was like you know what it would have sucked if i didn't pay attention to them the for 2.5 years but i'm glad i did 
and I'm gonna smile because it, it happened. I only remember the good things uh, right now because of them. I think once I get done being upset and angry about all this stuff, I'll only remember the good things. So thank you, Eyeswan. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, so yeah, thanks, thank Alan. You, um, I'll go next. I've, I've pretty much said many of my thoughts on Eyeswan obviously during this entire show. So it's pretty much just going to be a summary of everything that I've already said. But um, I'm kind of, I'm in a very different boat compared to Alan and, and Greg. Um, Alan's relatively new into the K-pop industry and Greg has dabbled in it for a long time. But I guess, uh, if correct me if I'm wrong, but this is kind of like the first time where you're like really getting into K-pop stuff, um, like hardcore, I would, I would say. That's right. I was second gen, and then I missed the entire. Yeah, so third he's gen. he's you know just by nature of uh, his work, he's familiar oh, with K-pop. And yep, sorry. You just made me realize this is my my first K-pop disbandment. I'm like, damn it. Uh, so oh man. yeah, the feels. <laughs> yeah, Greg. Greg, Greg has uh, you know he has the experience, but. Um, you know, relatively recently, as far as getting into the hardcore aspect of the the K-pop industry and learning more about it and what it's about. Um, but for me, I've been listening to K-pop for over 20 years, very familiar with the industry, and I can safely say that there has been no group like Eyes One in the past, and I highly doubt that there will be any other group like Eyes One in the future. It 100% is the end of an era the era of produce, um, regardless of everything that's happened with Mnet and the show. I think they put the 12 girls together that have unbelievable chemistry and to show the journey from beginning to end through the reality show, the survival show, all the V lives, all the albums, all the all the all the text messages and all the social media posts, the entire journey, two and a half years, um, it was truly amazing. Like, like I said, I don't think there will be, I don't think it's possible that there can be another group like this in the future. Hundred percent, there will be groups that um, people might like better. People will find more enjoyable. People will like their music more. People will enjoy the, uh, you know, they'll be bigger fans of certain members more. Maybe um, to have these twelve girls come together and just work their asses off like they did these last two and a half years plus the show, right? So it's a little bit more than two and a half years. And to put out as much music as they did to grow in the way that they have, you know, especially members like Hyewon and Chewon, Yuri, you know, the younger members. It's just been an amazing story, you know, one the story. It's been an amazing story. It's been an amazing journey. And to be part of that as a fan, I don't think that there's anything to be upset about or regretful about i was extremely depressed actually the first few days after the last show 
like I said, even bracing myself for over a year, knowing that it was going to end, even like as the show was going on, I knew like, okay, this is just like the other produce shows. This group is going to disband. Thankfully, it's two and a half years. It's a, it's a little bit longer. But even then, you know, like it still hurt. It still hurts a lot just because, again, the emotional attachment, the way that the members, um, again, the chemistry between the members, even though, you know, there's a lot. It was a very bumpy road with the hiatus and not being able to see their fans i i feel really blessed to have been able to see them perform live twice at both kcon new york and kcon la i was expecting to see them many more times after that and to be at their final show in korea unfortunately because of the virus that didn't happen but you know as far as the group itself i can i can be upset about you know not being able to see them or i can be upset that the vi the virus happened and um it kind of ruined the la the final year with the group in in some ways uh but i can never be upset or be regretful of the, the last two and a half years of eyes one it's just been an amazing journey with the highs and the lows. I mean, you really got to experience everything that the K-pop world uh, offers with this group. And, you know, we got the million seller. I mean, we got we got over a million albums sold. We we had a scandal. We had the. Hey, I, I wasn't expecting a gigantic scandal or anything. I was like, oh, this is gonna be great. Yeah, but, of course, they had to throw all that in there. Yeah, we had. You're right. We had the girls worked so hard. Um, if you followed them, you know, especially like Tomi, like she is a crazy hard worker. So, I really I'm looking forward to seeing what happens in the future. Just really satisfied with, well, satisfied is not really a good word. I'm happy with the last two and a half years. I am unsatisfied with how it ended, but it did end nonetheless. And um, yeah, I mean, again, there's been no group like Eyes One. I don't think there will be another group like Eyes One. Just really thankful for all the happy memories that they delivered they provided for the the fan base as a whole it was just a really great experience and we will see what goes i will see we'll see what happens in the future but um again just really thankful for the group and um yeah, I mean, I said it, like Alan said, I said it on social media. I, I've been telling people, you know, just just be happy, you know, be happy that it happened. Um, you know, that, that famous quote, don't cry because it's over, smile because it happened. You know, that's the thing that I keep telling myself. I kept, kept telling myself for weeks and weeks and months and months. And, you know, <laughs> for it to finally happen, it's, it, it is hard to smile, I understand. Um, it was really hard for me. Again, like I said, the, the, the first few days after the the final show and even now it is hard but um like alan said when we look back on these days we're just gonna remember the happy moments and there were a lot of them so thankful for that awesome thank you yep. bing uh for me uh the year produce 48 came out that was 2018 right yes yes is that correct okay so i won't get into too much personal issues here but it was a pretty shitty year for me I'll say that. Uh, so when Produce 48 came around, 
it provided a nice distraction from all the bullshit that was going on around around me. So I was thankful that there was something there to keep me sane. So for me, Eyes One is a pretty important group just because they kind of helped me out of a pretty shitty situation. So it kind of sucks that they're going out uh, without seeing their fans and without, you know, the three of us being in Korea, you know, marking out over our biases and the group and all that stuff and serenading them on their way out. So that, that kind of blows. But uh, to me, that's where my emotional investment in Eyes One actually comes from is just, I know there's some people online who talk about, oh, Eyes One helped me through this. Eyes One, you know, Eyes One is a group that's important to me because of this. And, you know, I sound like an asshole sometimes, but I actually do sympathize with those people because that's what Eyes One is to me. I agree with the Dr. Seuss quote, which is, don't cry because it's over, smile because it happened. But uh, I also would say that there's another quote I wrote in the notes here. So goodbyes make you think, they make you realize what you've had, what you've lost, and what you've taken for granted. So, you know, through all those happy times with Eyes One, you know, makes me realize all those shitty things, they pass. And I can enjoy Eyes One afterwards. Yeah, it blows, but I hope that every single member out there has success. I hope that they don't disappear. I mean, that would suck, but... I hope that all of you fans out there who are kind of going crazy at the moment because Eyes One disbanded, kind of temper back your, your feelings after a couple of days or months or however long it takes you to get over this and realize that the group was there for you and they may have pulled you through some hard times or they may have been something to distract you. But, uh, you know, don't try to tarnish your legacy by trying to make them come back in some form. I mean, this, this is the end. So I think you should probably just be thankful that they were there. 2.5 years is pretty good. I mean, usually a lot of groups break up in North America and Europe by that time. So it could be worse. But you'll still see some members that that you enjoy in some form. So it's not like they're all going away. Otherwise, I enjoyed Eyes One also because they they helped me rediscover K-pop. So as I mentioned uh, before Ping's speech there, uh, I missed the entire third generation of K-pop. So I, I have no idea who those groups are. Um, made me go back and discover them. I realized that I missed a whole lot of good shit. Yeah, and it sucks that I kind of left K-pop, but the reason why I left K-pop was to go to 48. And it's kind of funny that 48, I left 48 to go back to K-pop because I produced 48. So it's uh, funny how that all circles back. But now, yeah, I'm glad that I've got the opportunity to see all these fourth gen groups and the third gen groups at the end of their runs to do stuff like KCON, like Alan said. So we got to do like press there that was a pretty neat experience and you know it gave me the opportunity to also practice my own musicianship because like on the site I do a lot of k-pop remixes probably wouldn't be able to do that with j-pop 
just because there's nothing in J-pop that I like as much to recompose or to remix. Uh, I'm thankful for that as well. So yeah, Ice One has done a lot for me, both personally and professionally on the site. So I, I'm thankful that I'm able to now be part of this K-pop world again uh, because of Eyes One. And I'm hoping that in the future there are similar groups that I can get into. Probably not on the same emotional level, but on the same musical level. I mean, there's a few out there that I'm listening to now, but uh, I don't really think I'll ever really get into a group from beginning until the bitter end, like I did with Eyes One. And like I said, the last group I saw from beginning to end, sort of, was the Wonder Girls. But this is like really beginning to the end. So yeah, it kind of sucks for me that they're gone, but I'm pretty sure that uh, they will not be forgotten in the annals of K-pop history. I mean, they've made a lot of records. They've done a lot of things, won a lot of awards. So that's what I'm going to remember them for is a group that uh, that did a lot of good things. Cheers. Cool. All right. Anyone else have any comments before we get to the end? Hmm. I don't know, man. I'm sure there's something that we left out, but uh, yeah, I mean, this has been a show. This has been a... <laughs> it sure has been. Sure has been. But I think yep. uh, I think others are feeling some of the similar things that we three are feeling maybe not 100 percent, but hopefully others can relate to what we've been speaking of what we've been saying so that they too can feel good about their their ride with eyes one i mean come on man we all wheeze ones so we all know how you feel so uh it's good for us to have an outlet for what we can say and hopefully you guys can uh, take away from that and hopefully find a nice, healthy, and positive way to uh, close this book on Eyes One. Yep, just missing the Japanese chapter, right? <laughs> yes. There's still there's still some dissipations, <laughs> but but uh, still a good... It would be like the, the Bible with that missing, uh, that missing gospel. There's in no, there. no New Testament in this, in this version. That's so. right. Um, but, uh, but yeah. I feel I feel like heck I'm, I may be a glutton for punishment. I feel like I could watch the concert again, but maybe that's just me. So, yeah, this has been great, guys. This has been great. Thank you all very much for uh, for letting us in, letting the uh, letting the listeners in, and letting the fans in. And thank you guys for uh, hanging with us and uh, allowing us to talk about one of the one of the coolest groups in the last couple of years. So. Last couple decades. Shall we? Uh, shall we say goodbyes? Sure. Do you have anything that uh, you guys want to promote once more before we say goodbye? Thank you all again for listening. Please uh, catch up on the website. Follow us on Selective Hearing either on the Instagram or on the Twitter. Follow me at Takea on all the stuffs. Feel free to talk talk about Eyes One with me if you like. Also recommend something as well i'd like to listen to more uh listen to more music so 
I like to add to my library, so rec- make me some recommendations. And then uh, follow me on Twitch. Follow me as I go through my gaming journal uh, for the year. So twitch.tv slash Sweet. All right. Ping, do you have anything you'd like to share with us? Yeah, again, you? thank you so much for making it through. I know I'm a, I can get a little bit long-winded as a, as a hardcore K-pop fan. I really have a lot of stuff to talk about and like my opinion and uh, a lot of thoughts. So thanks for sticking through that. Uh, <laughs> Um, if you want to see more uh, K-pop related topics and stuff like unboxings and stuff like that, check out my YouTube channel again. Um, it's L, the letter L, S, T, K-pop, all one word on YouTube. Check it out there. Trying to be more consistent on uploading videos. So, you know, please subscribe. If you want to follow me on the socials, my Instagram and my Twitter are the same. It's underscore Ellis Tan. That's underscore E-L-L-I-S. T-A-N. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Thank you again for having me on the show. Really appreciate it. Appreciate all of your time and the listeners' time. So thank you again for having me. Thank you. And for me, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, folks. It was quite uh, a long and emotional ride. I'm sure some of you noticed that we did get a little choked up from certain points, but that's that's the influence Eyes One had on us. And it's a good thing because if you didn't care, then you probably wouldn't have noticed. <laughs> so I have no idea uh, what you're socials. talking about, sir. I have no idea. Who's this Eyes One? I have no idea. What are you talking about? Our socials. So at select underscore here is the Twitter. Uh, select here is the Instagram. Those are probably the two most frequently used social media that uh, we, we do. Uh, there's also Facebook. If you just look for selective hearing and Facebook, I think you can find us and then uh there's youtube as well that we're we're trying to do stuff there but we're taking our time (laughs) check out the site for any latest and greatest news and reviews selective-hearing.com uh that's it for this 50th episode Uh, i'm glad that all of you made it to the end anyway we're done it's uh very late in the evening on the east coast and it's almost midnight here as of recording time on the West Coast. So we should probably all go to bed. (laughs) Bye-bye, people. Good night, folks. Peace.